It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get no! They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loudmouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. Yes! I'm back. We're back. I don't know what we are, but hey, we are the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speeder, Peter, yes, our executive producer, Fish, on the other side of the glass, our, our I guess you could say our Sports Minute guy, Tommy Scoops, here in the studios as well. And remember, Ladies and gentlemen, you can call us at 631-672-3108. And you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including The Loudmouth with me and Speedy PD and Sean Smith every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in to our show and shows, go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Speeder, what's up? Hope everyone out there... Who's uh, involved in the lovemaking? Had a very good Valentine's Day yesterday. Lovemaking, uh, whatever they want to call love it. Love making. Yeah. Do you know anything about love making? I'm not saying I do, but I'm going to support those who do. Uh, so, why would you bring up love making? Because it was Valentine's. Are Day Are you yesterday. in love with somebody? Oh my god! Don't make it about me. Let me support. Do you our love fans. your dog? Is that what you love? Let me support our fans that Did had an you, enjoyable Valentine's Day. But you said love It has making. nothing to do with me. You just brought up lovemaking. I said I'm supporting them. Well, <laughs> what about supporting yourself? Yeah, why aren't you I've loving? Tried. Why I've aren't tried. you lovemaking? I've tried. What do you mean you've tried? I've tried and I'm socially awkward. <laughs> Speedy is socially awkward. <laughs> hey, listen. Do you love lovemaking? I, lo- I support whoever does it. But do you love it? It has nothing to do with me. I'm supporting outside people that are listening to this show and had happy Valentine's Day. Okay, but you didn't say that. You didn't say happy Valentine's I did! You said... That was the first thing I said. You said lovemaking. Uh, after! <laughs> oh, maybe they, uh, you know, they'll hang out with some hens like you do. <laughs> oh, man. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Oh, man. Did you have a very good Valentine's Day? I mean, if you didn't, well, I hope I hope you find another woman. Anyways, or another man. Anyways, at 8.30, we'll be talking to U.S. Army Green Beret actor and former Seahawks long snapper Nate Boyer for the first time on our show. So very excited to have Nate on our show. At 9 o'clock, we'll be talking to former Chiefs all-pro fullback Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. He's been on our show before. I know he was at the Super Bowl, by the way, and I am sure he enjoyed Radio Row. Uh, I definitely have some questions about Radio Row and his thoughts of the Super Bowl. So looking forward to getting Christian on the show. Uh, Bill Belichick says he doesn't view the Giants as an organization anymore where 
anybody would like to go and coach. So I, as everything is going on with the New York Giants, the whole Dable story, and, and we all know that Bill Belichick knows a lot about Dable, uh, and the Mara and Tish combination right now with the organization over the last couple of years with coaches and, uh, you know, players in the organization not working out. Uh, Bill Belichick comes out and takes shots at the New York Giants. Not surprising. Uh, Justin Jefferson says he wants to know the Vikings plan at the quarterback position before signing a big contract. Well, Justin Jefferson was all over media day and he mentioned that he wants to play with Kirk Cousins, but then kind of said, well, if it's not Kirk Cousins, it'll be somebody else. But he's also the guy that wants a $140, $150 million contract and to be the biggest and highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. So if he gets that money, I don't think there's any chance of them landing Kirk Cousins. So it looks like Justin Jefferson is not interested in signing a contract until they explain or let him know who the next quarterback of this organization is going to be. Uh, the Bengals are likely to franchise uh, fr- franchise tag T. Higgins. I told everybody they were going to franchise him. But that does not mean they're not going to trade him before the draft. I, I do believe he will be traded one way or another. But they will franchise him because he's going to want a lot of money. Uh, you're, you're talking about he could be a number one on any other team. And a number one wide receiver right now in the NFL, even if he's a second-tier number one wide receiver, he's making $100 million. So uh, he's take, he's probably making Amari Cooper type of money. And that's where I think T. Higgins is looking to get that kind of money. Uh, let's parlay around 810 with Wes and Derek. Uh, Rich Paul says LeBron is committed to the Lakers long term and pushed for them to trade for Joel Embiid before he got hurt. That's not happening. Joel Embiid was never going to the Lakers. I I think the Lakers are smoking something, okay? Or LeBron James or Rich Paul is smoking something because Joel Embiid is never getting traded to the Lakers. I have no idea what they're thinking. Even trading Anthony Davis and LeBron James probably wouldn't get that deal done. So I don't know what Rich Paul or LeBron James is smoking. Uh, the 76ers and Warriors are were reportedly also interested in trading for LeBron. Yeah, I, I mean, LeBron was out there. I, I As you just heard Rich Paul come out and say that uh, he's committed to the Lakers long term. So that's not happening either. So I don't know what they're smoking either. It seems like the 76ers and the Warriors and the Lakers should be hanging out with one another. <laughs> Maybe patching the Dutch, passing the Dutch. Why don't we ask Sean? Maybe he'll help. <laughs> uh, 76ers also had interest in trading for one of the Suns' stars. As we all know, they've got three of them, and uh, two of them, I think, are washed up, and <laughs> one I don't think will get traded until the offseason. So Devin Booker is the guy that I think everybody is lining up for if he becomes available in the offseason. But for right now, I don't think – and the Suns might not make the playoffs. I mean – I mean, right now they're in a playoff spot. Yeah, they're sixth in the West right now. But, but they have not looked good. I mean, they're up and down. And after the All-Star break, we'll see because their schedule gets a little harder in the second half of the season. Well, it's already the second half, but you know what. The the, the quarter uh, the quarter end of the season. So we will get into that. So If only if only Brian Colangelo was still on the Sixers as, as their president of <laughs> basketball operations, him and Kevin Durant would be a match made in heaven with their burner Twitter accounts. Yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. These burner Twitter 
Twitter accounts are really, really funny. And Kevin Durant is like the king of them. I think he's like seven <laughs> or eight of them. I mean, that we know of. It, it's crazy. I, I mean, I listen. I I love Twitter. All right. I think it's great. I think it's the best social media platform in the industry, especially for this industry, as far as marketing yourself and putting yourself out there so everybody can see it. But I will say this. Every single athlete has multiple Twitter accounts. Every single athlete has multiple, even LeBron James, even if you don't want to believe it, LeBron has one major, his top Twitter account, which we all know he has like 60 million followers or whatever the hell it is, 30 million, some crazy amount. And then he has these burner accounts where you wouldn't know it's LeBron James, but he still has like, you know, 100,000, 200,000 people. It is LeBron James, ladies and gentlemen, because if you look at what LeBron James posts and then you look at those accounts, they're posting practically the same damn thing. So who do you think is posting it? I'm just speaking the truth. One of his many 100,000 inner circle people. (laughs) ESPN's Jordan Rannon says that the Bill Belichick, yes, that the Bill Belichick, not the Bill Belichick, but that the Bill Belichick told him that he doesn't look at the Giants as an organization the same way from when he was there. The conflicts with the report from Pro Football Talk that says that Belichick would be open to returning to the Giants as the head coach a few weeks ago if Brian Dable got fired. Rannon also said that Belichick has told other coaches and candidates that he didn't like the setup for the Giants and with the Giants organization. Belichick was very close with the Giants' longtime owner, Wellington Mara, who passed away in 2005 and reportedly doesn't feel that the way, uh, that the way about his son, John. So he doesn't feel that way about his son. Uh, Brian Dable has been under scrutiny for anger management issues, leading five assistant coaches to step down from the team. Belichick was the Giants, with the Giants organization from 1979 to 1990. We spoke a little bit about this yesterday. I think Bill Belichick will go down as the greatest coach in NFL history. Now, I do believe he wants to break Don Shula's record. I do believe it. Because Don Shula has the only record I believe Bill Belichick hasn't broken. And that is the most important that he wants to break. And that's the win record. And Bill Belichick has been one of the most successful coaches in professional sports history, winning six Super Bowls, going to how many Super Bowls, and and having arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, which, by the way, he drafted in the sixth round at 199. Bill Belichick has never shied away with his outspoken personality. And not much, by the way, because he doesn't speak much to the press because he has his own thoughts to throwing curveballs to any of the press because they like to throw it on a piece of paper and make him look or make the organization look really, really bad. We all know the background of him and Robert Kraft. They obviously at the end didn't like each other. And the only reason why Robert Kraft kept Bill Belichick there is because Bill Belichick won six Super Bowls before not winning for the last three seasons. Mac Jones has been an absolute failure. And that was also 
a Bill Belichick draft pick. Now, when you look at Bill Belichick and everything that he created over there in New England, and that is a winning franchise. You say whatever you want, and right now this franchise is going to rebuild. They probably, uh, right now, if you look at this organization for the next five to ten years, are probably not going to win because they need to find the quarterback. It takes really three to four, maybe even five years to develop unless you find a guy like Patrick Mahomes, which is very rare, or a Tom Brady. And also, you're you're an organization now that's starting with a rookie coach, a coach that doesn't have any experience as a head coach, who Gerard Mayo is a fantastic personality. I don't know if anybody knows who he is. He was a great defensive player, great linebacker with the Patriots organization. Couldn't stay healthy. That was the problem with Mayo. But this is an organization that's transitioning now. And Robert Kraft, as an owner, you know, likes goes he likes to go to massage parlors. He likes to enjoy himself. He likes to be grabbed in many different ways. And uh, he likes young women, okay? And it doesn't matter what their nationality is. But Robert Kraft has been a very unique owner. And Tom Brady was kind of like his son. He raised Tom Brady, just like Bill Belichick raised him on a field. Tom Brady was raised. He was a father figure, Robert Kraft. And when Tom Brady didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo on this team because he thought Jimmy Garoppolo was the next coming and the next quarterback and the future quarterback of the New England Patriots, Tom Brady told uh, Robert Kraft to trade or tell Bill to trade him or trade me. And then Robert Kraft went to Bill and said, get rid of him. And where was he traded to? He was traded to the 49ers. He went on that six or seven game winning streak with the 49ers and then fell apart. And now look, Brock Purdy is now the starting quarterback. And by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo is still fairly young. He's 31, 32 years old. He's in quarterback years. He's in, he's in the middle part of the prime of his career. Bill Belichick is and has always been unique by the way he speaks to people. And... When you look at the tree of Bill Parcells, and you look at Tom Coughlin, you look at Sean Payton, you look at Bill Belichick, all these guys were successful in the NFL. Sean Payton won one Super Bowl. Bill Belichick won six. Bill Parcells won two. Tom Coughlin won two. All of these guys were successful, and they all had that military personality. Tom had to learn how to calm his personality down when he was coaching guys like Michael Strahan and Tiki Barber because they were strong personalities. Bill Belichick has always been a strong personality. It didn't matter who was in his locker room. From Ty Law to Tom Brady to Will Fork, it didn't matter who was in his locker room. You either did what he wanted or you weren't going to be a part of this team. And that's what made Bill Belichick successful all these years. You ask anybody, you ask anybody that's interviewed the guy. If you were a New York writer, he would never answer your questions. He hated all the New York press guys. He never wanted to answer any questions. And honestly, Bill Belichick decided to take the New England job because Leon Leon Hess obviously stepped down as the owner, sold the team to Woody Johnson. He couldn't stand Woody Johnson, and he couldn't stand the New York Jets organization. As a matter of fact, Bill Parcells wanted 
to screw other organizations, including the, I think it was the New England Patriots being one of them, and the Giants organization, and, 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 and decided to give the reins of the New York Jets to Bill, pa- Bill Belichick. And within 24 hours after being introduced at that press conference, he told all the press, all the New York press, sayonara, I'm not taking the job. And then within hours from that, everybody heard that he was heading over there to New England. The one thing I could say about Bill Belichick that I respect is he was very honest. Very honest to the bone. And for years, he wanted to coach the New York Giants. For years. And he always said it. I don't know if you, you've seen the 30 for 30 with the Bill and Bill, or you've seen him. Uh, they, they did a documentary on HBO with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. And both guys told and spoke about their dream jobs. And one of Bill Belichick's dream jobs was being the coach of the New York Giants. He already came out and said the best player he's ever coached, and he had great ones, Tom Brady being one of them. The best player he's ever coached was Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor was the greatest player he's ever coached. That speaks volume and volume of of who he is as a coach, as a defensive coordinator. And he's had a lot of great defensive players, a lot of Hall of Fame defensive players that eventually will get there and Hall of Famers that are already there. But when you hear him come out and say to all these candidates, do not take that Giants job. It's not a good job. It's not a job that you're going to want. It's not an organization right now you want to work for. As you see, and and by the way, Dable is one of his guys. Brian Dable is Nick Saban's and Bill Belichick's guy. Go look at his career. He worked for Nick and he worked for Bill. And why, now coming out and hearing this from Bill Belichick saying, why would you want this job when one of his guys could be fired at the end of the year? And I'm not surprised that he's been scrutinized and Brian Dable with his anger management problem. Because look at the tree he comes from. He comes from the Bill Parcells tree. He comes from the Nick Saban tree. He comes from Bill Belichick's tree. And what do we say about those that tree? They're all nuts. Yep. And interpersonal relationships are going to become a big factor with any type of coaching and any type of quarterback relationship. Because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like, you really need to have GM and coach on the same page in order to do that. Otherwise, you end up with situations like you ended up in Carolina with Frank Reich not getting along with anybody, wanting to draft C.J. Stroud, and eventually he's wrongfully fired after half a season. And We've seen this with a lot of different organizations that just can't find their way. And a lot of organizations that have this history, like the Giants, do. We've talked about with the Raiders. We've talked about with the Commanders. These historic organizations in the 80s and the 70s that have won all these Super Bowls. And now they're looked at as a laughingstock. And the Giants are getting to that point now. Because after the whole Tom Coughlin ugly ending of that saga, where, yeah, allegedly he resigned, but I think the organization didn't want him there. The Mara and Tish didn't want him there. And maybe Bill Belichick has a point. Maybe Wellington ran it that way. And... John Mara since then has trying to keep his father's values and it's been rubbing off the wrong way on so many other people. And it, Tom Coughlin could only keep it stable for so long after Wellington Mara passed away and after they won their other Super Bowls to the point where it just got frustrating. And look at it since then. They hired the great Ben McAdoo after that. He lasts two years. Pat Shermer, two years. Joe Judge, oof. 
And now Brian Dable, who's finally a good in-game coach, but now can't keep his other coaches happy and keep his players happy and has all these anger management issues. So now he's going to go to the year on the hot seat. So Bill Belichick, like you were saying, he he's brutally to the point with this Giants team, and it shines a light on how just dysfunctional that they've been. And, and again, that's not taking shots at the Giants organization as a whole. Bill Belichick is not throwing the Giants organization because he could just like just throw so many different things out of what he has uh, has seen over the last couple of years for the New York Giants. They failed, okay? They have failed over the last, I would say, 10 years. Ever since Eli Manning has been done, and, and really Tom Coughlin, they decided to move away from Tom Coughlin and go to Ben McAdoo. They failed. They had that one good year with Ben McAdoo, right. which has probably been their best year over the last seven, eight years. Which was still mostly Steve Spagnuolo. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but they were 11-5. <laughs> yeah. They were 11-5. They got into the playoffs. The whole Odell Beckham situation when he went out and he hung out with Bieber and he brought Victor Cruz and all those other guys out. And it made them look really, really bad. And then they went into that playoff game. If I'm not mistaken, it was against Minnesota. The Packers. Oh, it was the Packers. Who were streaking in like a seven-game winning streak. They went against the Packers and. Aaron Rodgers, and uh, they lose. And, and, and that has happened, and, and the Giants have never recovered from that. Never recovered from the Ben McAdoo era. Because after that, Ben McAdoo decided to start Geno Smith over Eli Manning. And then Eli Manning's career just kind of started tumbling down and, and eventually retired. The Giants are still trying to figure out who their starting quarterback is. The Giants are still trying to figure out where this defense has gone. The Giants organization for years, if you look at, you know, every single decade, okay, a 10-year decade, and and it's so crazy, every 10 years, the Giants are usually amongst the league's top 10 in defenses. They always have that one one good pass rusher. Uh, JPP, he was a youngster. When they drafted him, he became that guy. Before that, it was Justin Tuck and O.C. Mignor. Before that, it was Michael Strahan. Before that, we could go on and on. It was Lawrence Taylor and, and all those other guys. Usually, in a 10-year span, they always had that pass rusher. Now you look at the Giants organization right now. Who is their number one pass rusher? Thibodeau? Are you going to trust that Thibodeau is the future? Is he going to change this roster? He's going to change. Now, Dexter Lawrence is a good player, and we like him, and he's a great player. And, and how many defensive tackles over the years that we have seen from this Giants organization ever became anything? Not many of them. Unless you brought in a, a free agent, which one of them they did bring in from the New York Snacks. Jets. Snacks. Harrison, who was there for a little while. He was an all-pro player for one year and then kind of fell off. Maybe because of the coaching, because it sucks so bad. Uh, and, and really, he, he got overweight. Dexter Lawrence has been the, the it factor for the New York Giants. But they have nothing else. This is a defense for years had great veteran players on all sides of the ball, especially at the linebacker position. Antonio Pierce, who's now coaching the Raiders right now. He was a big part of their their 2011 run. And you look at the Giants right now. Who is the linebacker? Who is the guy that stands out at the linebacker position, the safety position, or the cornerback position? They don't have anybody. And that's why Bill's sitting here today and saying, why would you want to take this job? Because you got to rebuild. This giant team is at least five years away. At least. And that's not taking shots at Daniel Jones. 
It's not taking shots at any of these young players. They're parting ways with Saquon Barkley. He's been their best player for the last three years. And maybe he'll end up in division. <laughs> and they don't want to pay him. Because they don't want to pay running backs. Because running backs aren't worth paying. It's a huge, huge problem right now. And the, and again, Bill Belichick's sitting back and he's laughing. Because everybody keeps saying Bill Belichick is not getting another job. And he's probably going to retire and he's not going to break Don Shuler's record. I'm going to tell you guys this. He will get another job. He will. Because eventually, in the next year, an organization is going to look at the talent that they have, and realize this coach isn't getting it done. There's a lot of teams like that, too, kind of stuck in that same boat where we were talking about it yesterday with the 49ers. So much talent that's being wasted. The Bills, the Ravens, there are other teams in that boat that might consider a coaching change at the end of next season. And Bill Belichick, he's definitely going to, I would imagine, pounce on one of those if they get the opportunity to do that. Especially the Ravens. I I talked about it. why I thought he was going to go to the Commanders. He has that Navy background. He's from that Mid-Atlantic area. And maybe the Ravens, if they finally say, oh, John Harbaugh's continuing to choke in the playoffs again, they could definitely do that. There's definitely a lot of organizations like that that are way more ahead of the Giants are. And the Giants aren't providing a lot of upside either right now because they're still having some bad contracts. Now, they shed a lot of them last offseason, which was a good start, but still is not a high upside. They don't have all this draft stock like you see a team like the Bears do. Uh, Arizona, who has a lot of draft stock after last year, that it's going to get that high pick. So where is the angle for the Giants, for Bill Belichick to say, I want to coach this Giants team just because I did in the 80s when it was a peak value? If you look at the Giants record in the last 20 years and you compare it to Bill Belichick's record in the last 20 years, it's not even close. It's not even close. Even Bill Belichick's worst years are better than the Giants' best years. It's crazy. It really is. Now, the last three years has been horrible, and and I'm not going to blame that on all of Bill Belichick. Now, has he been the same coach without Tom Brady? No, but who is when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback that was a dominant force for the, the New England Patriots? But who drafted him? Who was the guy that drafted him? Who was the GM for this team, really, for the last, I would say, 15 years? It's been Bill Belichick. Has he drafted well? I mean, Jeff thinks he has. Defensively, he has, but offensively, no. Again, there's a lot of questions to where the Giants are as an organization right now. And maybe a guy like Mara or Tish, as an organization, as owners of this team, might think that Bill Belichick can change everything for the Giants. But does Bill Belichick look at this team and look at it as as a coach that loves the organization and thinks that it's worth going over there and trying to win those 20, 22 games that he needs to break Don Shuler's record? I don't know. And it looks like he doesn't want the job. But again, things could change in the next year. Because if the Giants draft right, and if Joe Shane has another bad season as a GM, and Dable just goes crazy and wants to rip somebody's head off, I mean... There's a very good chance that Bill Belichick could be there and sitting there and saying, okay, I'll take the job because there's nobody else that's going to give me an offer. Yeah, at what point, too, do they want to get a culture change to – be in a different direction too because we've talked about it with the Giants like kind of being stuck in their own past ways as well where they're only hiring guys from who are at previous ties with the Giants in the past they finally shied away from that with draft uh, with hiring Brian Dable and Joe Shane but now all of a sudden they're the Maras and the Tishes are still stepping in and wanting to get their own values back and I think one of the things has it's deterred players away is the player relationship aspect where I think be, look at looking at Saquon Barkley looking at a lot of these other free agents that they brought in in the past and it's really hurt them. Look, 
everyone that Jerry Reese brought in at the end of his career, look at Olivier Vernon and Snacks, like we were talking about. They all had bad relationships, sour endings with the Giants after they played well for them that first season. And that's going to shy a lot of these other guys from coming there. You know what's so funny? And 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 I want to get Fish in because he's a Giant fan. He's another Giant fan. Speedy, you're a Giant fan. And it's very interesting when, when you get Giant fans involved in the conversation. Speedy. And, and, and Fish, you guys are both Giant fans. We have another Giant fan sitting right next to us, our Sports Minute guy, Scoops. Uh, he's another. Three Giant fans here. If you were the Giants organization, you go into the offseason next year, do you look at Bill Belichick as your savior? Would you bring Bill Belichick in? Would you bring that personality into that locker room after many, many years of failure? And Tom Coughlin was the last successful coach in your organization. Would you do that? First you, Speedy. Would you? I, I would definitely consider it. I, I think Bill Belichick would definitely push for more money if being that he doesn't like from the Giants organization. Would you give him the reins as the GM of the organization? I, I mean, it's worth a shot because I think the I think the Giants are kind of stuck where they have a lot of holes in key parts. And I know Bill Belichick has had You like the holes, right? No. You don't like the holes. Okay. We're not going there. But You're going away from the holes. Yeah. But the moles. The problem is okay. Got the, it. The problem is the the Giants still have to figure out some key positions with their offensive line <laughs> and wide receivers. Now, hopefully, them getting rid of Bobby Johnson maybe changes that because he's been a horrible offensive line coach for a while, and a lot of these draft. You're going to blame this on Bobby Johnson? No, 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 not all of it, but. <laughs> No, no, I'm not. No, no. Evan Neal is not off the hook for his crap that he's done. But oh my god! Regardless, like they haven't drafted well with a lot of these offensive lines too. But at the same time, at least we've seen teams still have good team units, even if they don't have good individual units, which the Giants really haven't had either. And that's a big problem for that wide receiver is another big issue. And Bill Belichick's had trouble drafting wide receivers, but I think they need to be a happy medium where they have to get some modern and some new in there. I wouldn't mind Bill Belichick at the right price, but I would still consider something offensive. Could you see Bill Belichick bringing in like a Lawrence? Taylor to be a part of his coaching staff? That would be really, really funny. I it's mean, interesting. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor's an old man. I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen pictures of Lawrence Taylor. He barely could walk, okay? I But, again, that's something that Bill Belichick has done over the years. He brings in old players, players that he respects, as you see Gerard Mayo, and he becomes right. the de- And I don't think Lawrence Taylor could be a defensive coordinator. Could you imagine Lawrence Taylor? Hey, guys, we're going to go into the locker room. I've got a bunch of powder. You need to sniff some of that crap. No, you yeah, know? It'd, probably be, <laughs> right, it'd probably be one of those like 2000s Patriots guys that they would bring I've in. got some good stuff, baby. <laughs> because that's been the pattern of all these other younger defensive One line, boys. One line. <laughs> I get two, you get one. Yeah, that's interesting. I want Vrabel. Here's my thing. I think Belichick's going to do what Parcells did and become like that president of operations, like taking that step back like he did with the the Dolphins, where it's actually where Shane got his start, was under uh, Parcells over there. I think that's more in line with what he's going to do. I don't think he's been a good GM. I think you were just talking about it for the last few years. Uh, I don't know if that's the right thing for him to do too much, but if the problem he's saying is the structure of ownership and leadership in the front office. Well, he, why don't you fix it then? You know, let him be the guy that fixes it. We know Vrabel right. is probably the best coach on the market. That's not over 70. And it just would make too much sense to me. You know, like uh, that's the guy, that's his guy from the two thousands that you were just saying, speedy, yep. you know, that, that would be like ideal if Dable can not turn it around. I still want to believe in Dable, man. I really it's loved a- what he did last year. Uh, I mean, now two years ago. But, you know, it's put up or shut up time. And uh, enjoy uh, Bobby Johnson, Washington. <laughs> I, I, I Well, 
Ben Johnson could be available. He's another guy that the Giants could look at in next offseason. He will be available. There are a lot of teams going to be lining up for a guy like Ben Johnson, especially if the Lions have another great season, maybe a Super Bowl contender once again, if they add some pieces in the offseason and they have a lot of money. But again, Bill Belichick is still a name. He's a guy that you can bring in. The question is, are you going to give him the reins as the GM slash coach? There's only one organization, there's one team that I think if Doug Peterson does not have a good season again with Trevor Lawrence, I said it last night as we heard, and I'll say it again. I believe the Jaguars are the team. I think he's the best fit over there because they will give him the reins as the GM. They will also give him the reins as the head coach. And they already have a team put together, even better than the Giants, where they can win. They're in a division right now. Yes, they have some good good young quarterbacks in C.J. Stroud and and Levis. They have those guys in, in Richardson. They have talent there. But... I do believe Trevor Lawrence is just as good as any of those quarterbacks right now. If you put the right guy and the right offense together to play for, you know, play with a guy like Trevor Lawrence's talents, you can win with the, the Jaguars, especially as good as the AFC is, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, and some of those teams and the dominant young quarterbacks that are in the AFC, you can win with Trevor Lawrence. So I think that's the best fit for him. I'm not surprised he came out and threw the Giants under the bus. Because it just maybe it'll scare coaches away where he could be the lead guy to get the job. <laughs> and, like, and like you were saying, Fish, like they need a, a, or a structural change, really, a, a team culture change, which is why I wouldn't mind bringing in Bill Belichick to start that kind of thing, just to get more respectability across the league. Now, Bill Belichick, like you were saying, Fish, has, has had his problems drafting offense, and sometimes he's been too stubborn, like only wanting to hire his own guys. They bring back Joe Judge. They bring back Matt Patricia. Like I, I hope he wouldn't go make that mistake again if they were to bring him in with the Giants, but they still need a good, happy medium to just get some respect, some leadership that tough, disciplined team because the Giants, it seems like they're all over the place. If you want Bill Belichick, if he asked you to smack him in the ass, would you do it? Oh, my God. I'm asking you. Would you smack him in the ass if you can get Bill Belichick? I'm not getting involved I'm just, in a scandal. I, it's not with a sc- the greatest coach in NFL history. <laughs> I'm just asking you if you have a chance to land the greatest coach in NFL history, would you smack him in the ass? Oh I'm just asking. I'm not you. getting involved in that. Because you, you know Roger Goodell is just going to suspend him for the year anyway. <laughs> his uh. With his pea brain, as you like to call it last week. Yeah, that's true. NFL media reports that Justin Jefferson wants to know that the Vikings long wants to know the Vikings long-term plan for the quarterback position before committing to a big contract. Jefferson has been an advocate for Kirk Cousins, saying at the beginning of the season he wants to play with Kirk Cousins for the rest of his career. Cousins reportedly wanted to stay with Minnesota as well on a two-year, $90 million contract. Jefferson is entering his fifth-year option and is likely to get a contract of over $30 million per year. In eight games last season before tearing his Achilles, Cousins had 2,331 passing yards, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions, and a 69.1% completion percentage. In 10 games last season, Jefferson had 68 catches, 1,074 yards, and five touchdowns. By the way, Justin Jefferson, if he played the whole season, if he played the 18 weeks, well, it's really 17, seven more games, Justin Jefferson probably would have had 13, 14 touchdowns and probably 16, 1,700 yards. That's how good Justin Jefferson is. And I don't care what anybody says with the Tyreek Hill thing, Devontae Adams, whoever you want to put in front of him. 
Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL. It's not even close. And that's the facts here. Now, him coming out and saying that he wants to play with Kirk Cousins and then kind of backtrailing it about a week ago, stating at Media Day that he would hope that he's playing with Kirk Cousins, but whoever he's playing with, he wants to, he wants to make sure that it's a, a competent quarterback behind the line of the line of center. So you're you were there all behind Kirk Cousins, but now you're hearing Kirk Cousins wants a two year ninety million dollar contract, and you know it might be cutting into that thirty million per year, thirty five million per year, and you're saying you're backtracking and saying. Hey, it could be Kirk Cousins. It could be somebody else. So, I, I mean, it's all about money with these guys. And I understand this might be his only big chance to get that big long-term deal. And I could see the Minnesota Vikings giving him a five-year, 200-and-something million-dollar contract because that's what Justin Jefferson is. He's a game-changer. If you look at his numbers right now, he's on his way breaking Jerry Rice's records. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to break Jerry Rice's record because Jerry Rice played like 20 years. Right. And for like 17 years, he was a dominant force. He had over 1,000 yards and, 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 a, and a multiple amount of touchdowns. So Justin Jefferson has to stay healthy, and he needs to play at least 15, 16 years to even come close to Jerry Rice's records. But we were, we were speaking about this about Odell Beckham when he was on the Giants, when he was on his way. But injuries got him in trouble, and then obviously his big mouth and the stupidity of things that he's done on and off the field, praying or dancing or prancing or pissing on the sidelines, whatever he was doing, okay, it rode his jockstrap out of New York all the way to the Cleveland Browns where he failed, okay? <laughs> and then he had his dad uh, take shots at Baker Mayfield. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that too, but <laughs> nevertheless, and, and by the way, why is Odell Beckham's father opening up and, and saying anything? Odell Beckham is a shell of himself, and nobody gives a crap about him anymore. If it was Justin Jefferson's father speaking out, that would be a different story. They're both LSU guys, and LSU co- uh, wide receivers are very successful in the NFL, as we see Jamar Chase, we see Justin Jefferson, Odell Beckham. You, you go up and down the list of guys that have come from LSU, very successful wide receivers. Except, if, except for the Giants, the one they drafted in Ruben Randall. Oh, that's, that's a whole other story. I mean, as we look at Ohio State wide receivers, very successful too, the Jets over the years <laughs> seem to draft the wrong guys. I mean... The Jets are the exception to the rule. Well, I mean, Garrett Wilson's a good player, but uh, I can name a bunch of guys yeah, that they drafted. Yeah, but neither was Stephen Hill or Devin Smith. Oh, please, don't bring up Devin Smith. Please don't bring up Devin Smith. When he made that one catch grab on Ohio State... <laughs> The one catch that he made, it made him a second-round draft pick for the New York Jets. I mean, the same thing with Christian Hackenberg. I I don't want to get into the Jets. This is not about the Jets, okay? I don't want to go back and forth about their past in their draft stock, okay? Because it's been horrible. But uh, lately, it's been good. But, uh, you know, in the past, it's been absolutely putrid. But uh, to get back to Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson needs an elite quarterback to get him the ball. Now, we have seen... Subpar quarterbacks. If you uh, get the ball to great quarter, uh, great wide receivers, it's happened before. But if Justin Jefferson wants to be an elite wide receiver, he wants to be that guy every single year where he's competing as the number one wide receiver in the league. You need guys like Kirk Cousins to get you the ball. The problem is Kirk Cousins is at the tail end of his career. Kirk Cousins is what, 36 years old? He's at the tail end. So he wants to make the most possible money for him and his family his last two seasons of his career. Coming off an Achilles tear, 
usually means he's, it's the beginning to the end. Now, you can ask Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to hold him back for playing another two years. But Kirk Cousins isn't Aaron Rodgers. But Kirk Cousins, in the last seven years as an NFL quarterback, he has the numbers to compete against any quarterback in the league. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is Aaron Rodgers. But I can compare Kirk Cousins to Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can compare Dak Prescott right now to Trevor Lawrence. Or Justin Herbert, and even Joe Burrow. Oh, yes, Joe Burrow, the great one, as a Joey Cool, whatever he calls himself. Yep, and he finally has coaching to help him out, too, because think about all the bad coaches that Kirk Cousins played with in Washington, and then um, not that Mike Zimmer was a bad coach in Minnesota, but their offensive coordinators, their offensive staff was not great with them, and now they finally have it in O'Connell, who's a good play caller. Now, as a head coach, like I'm not saying he's the lead coach, but as a play caller, he's very good, and Justin Jefferson's numbers have gone to an even higher level. We were talking about a 2,000-yard season at the pace he was on before he got hurt, and that's going to be the interesting thing to look at. You have a GM that comes from the Browns organization, a team that loves to to uh, restructure contracts, a team that loves to maneuver money around, too. Who's going to take the bait of at least getting a either a backloaded contract or a contract restructure to at least make both of them come back? If Jefferson wants Cousins back that badly, maybe they start the big contract in the next season. Maybe he plays on the fifth-year option this year, Cousins gets most of his money this year, and then Jefferson's big contract would probably be about $35 million a year, starts in the 2025 season. Or Cousins does the same thing where maybe he restructures it to get most of the money in one year and take it where Jefferson can start I the cannot see this year. Justin Jefferson taking less money at any year when he is as good as he is. And it has to be guaranteed money. The only way he's going to go for this. And, and I, I think, hey, listen, Kirk Cousins is a sensational quarterback. I still think, I, I've always liked Kirk Cousins. I loved him in Washington. I think Washington made a big mistake parting ways with him because he could still be the starting quarterback for that organization. Maybe that organization's better with Kirk Cousins than they have been over the last couple of years. They've been trying and searching for that next guy. Right. Now they bring in a guy like Kingsbury who is going to have his pick, hopefully, at number two. Maybe they move up at number one and get Caleb Williams. Who knows what's going to happen? As we heard, Chicago is not willing to do that unless they give him a haul. So even at number two. So... There's a lot of questions with Justin Jefferson and what he has said over the last month, two months, sticking up for Kirk Cousins. And now what he's saying now, because he wants his money and he deserves his money. I think he's as elite at at his position, at any position in the NFL. When you look at Patrick Mahomes and when you say Patrick Mahomes is one of the greats that we have seen since Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and all those guys. I could say the same about Justin Jefferson. How many wide receivers have been as efficient in such a short time as Justin Jefferson? The answer is not many. As a matter of fact, none. Even with Tyreek Hill and what he's doing, the crazy numbers he's put up over the last two years, even Tyreek Hill... Doesn't even come close to this guy. Not even consistency-wise, too. In game to game, sometimes you see these star receivers will have off games on occasion. Not to say the Jefferson's never had it, but it's maybe twice a year, if anything. And that's how consistent he's been. He's also, up until last year, been really durable. So 
based on that and based on the pace that he's on in his career, he should get to the highest paid wide receiver contract in the league. And based on that, it's interesting to see how much, if the Vikings let him go, how much these other teams will be able to push for him for a bidding war because teams are going to do that where he's going to get, I said $35 million a year, might even get it even higher at this rate. And how much Jefferson, Justin Jefferson will care is going to be one thing to say with Kirk Cousins. Now, the other interesting dilemma too is Minnesota's drafting in the middle of the first round. Would they consider taking a quarterback to groom behind Kirk Cousins? And that can make the decision and very interesting and maybe risky as well being the draft is after free agency. The Athletic reports that the Bengals are very likely to use the franchise tag on T. Higgins. The franchise tag would be worth $20.5 million and would have to be signed by March 5th. Higgins is ineligible for the fifth-year option being he has a second-round draft pick. Reports say that the Bengals want to make the decision quickly so they can either trade him before free agency or sign him to a long-term extension. Reports say that the Bengals are leaning towards signing him, which they have to do by July 15th. Uh, Joe Burrow recently signed a contract worth about $55 million per year and also have to have to make a decision on Jamar Chase, who is entering his final year of his rookie contract. The Bengals currently have $59.4 million in cap space, which is a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot. And But if you pay T. Higgins, uh, he's probably going to want between $22 and $25 million, and then have to pay Jamar Chase $30 million? That takes away all that money. So where do you bring in specific positions are you drafting from those positions that you need to fill in or are you going to part ways with one of these wide receivers now obviously they're not parting ways with jamar chase because him and joe burrow are like you know tied to the hip okay they they have been in lsu and they're here right now with the Bengals. i expect them to be there for many many years t higgins is a guy that i Thought had an off season this year. He has he wasn't as good as he has been over the last couple of years. Maybe because of Joe Burrow getting hurt. Maybe uh, there's no connection with the organization anymore with him. And 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 I think that the organization uh, over the last couple of years have uh, you know have lost you know some um, some of these great players to free agency because. They didn't think that they fit over there with the organization. Now, I think they have some offensive line woes going into the offseason. There's a couple offensive linemen that are going to be free agents. And Williams, uh, Jonah Williams is going to be free. Uh, he is going to be uh, you know, up there. And I, you, I would bring Jonah Williams back because you cannot part ways with an offensive line that has been affected and depleted over the last couple of years. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why Joe Burrow couldn't stay healthy this year was because of the offensive line not staying healthy. Yeah, and I also look at the... the Bengals approach now versus then and the Bengals built their team on free agency in the beginning because they had Joe Burrow on a rookie contract and so a lot of their defense Mike Hilton DJ Reader the uh they, they bring in a lot of these uh, these defensive backs that they now let go of Von Bell Jesse Bates they let go of because they couldn't keep everybody and now they have to make these decisions on a lot of these other defensive players and especially if they give 55 million dollars combined with those two receivers and now 55 million dollars a year to Joe Burrow that's gonna be a lot in 2023 and as if anybody can't see if Fish is posting up 12 games, 42 receptions, 656 yards, five touchdowns, and he dealt with a lot of injuries. But if, if you look at a guy that's played in 12 games this year and only has 656 yards and five touchdowns, are you willing to pay him 22 to $25 yeah. million? That's the question. 
Now, maybe a few teams like the Giants looking for that number one guy. There's quite a few teams right now looking for that game-changing wide receiver, and he is one of the big names that could be available. If he does get franchised, which he probably will, there's probably, I believe the Bengals are probably going to try to trade him before the draft because they could probably get an early second-round draft pick for him. I don't know about a first-round draft pick. No, not this year. But a second-round draft pick, absolutely. And looking at the Bengals right now, there are a couple of good wide receivers that you could probably get in the second round, early in the second round. So I, I Now, if you look at what the Bengals have done over the last couple of years in a the draft, there's a lot of questions. I mean, it, it, their draft picks and their draft stock has been okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing really to... Speak about their first-round draft picks over the last past year, two years, has not been as good as we thought it was going to be. But again, this is a team that has Joe Burrow. This is a team that has electrifying offensive talent over there. And Mixon, Joe Mixon is another guy. I, I think he's a free agent, too. He had one more year. He signed a, a, an extra, extra year. They okay. restructured his deal, but he's going to get a lot of money this year, too. That's going to make it harder for them to sign Higgins right away. I or think they Chase trade right Joe away. Mixon in the offseason. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah, I mean... Right now, they th- this is a team and this is an organization that really doesn't hold on to you know running backs. They have they've parted ways with running backs over the years. Mm-hmm. If you look, I mean, Dylan being one of them, he went yep. to the he went to the Patriots and won a couple of Super Bowls or won a Super Bowl with uh, uh, with the Patriots. So I, I, again, uh, over the years, the Bengals have not really kept on and held on to certain players. Now. I do believe T. Higgins is a player that you should hold on to. But when you look at the money that they have, are you willing to invest $50 million into wide receivers when you need so many other positions you need to fill in? And by the way, their secondary after losing Jesse Bates, it absolutely killed them. It killed them this year. Jesse Bates, look what he did for Atlanta. Atlanta had one of the worst (laughs) secondaries in football the year before that. You had a guy, a a, a shutdown, all-pro safety over there in Atlanta. It changed everything. To their secondary. As a matter of fact, they went from one of the worst secondaries, if not the worst secondary in football, to one of the middle of the pack secondaries. So uh, it, it changed everything for Atlanta. Now, I, losing Jesse Bates, they haven't really filled in that position since losing Jesse Bates. Look at what the Lions did. The Lions for years, okay? And and I'm going to say this. The Lions need secondary help. They need corner help. And I think in the offseason, I expect them to spend a lot of money. They have $57, $58 million. If they, if they, fill, into those, they fill in those spots, the Lions could be in a very good position to be uh, elite even more than they were this year. I, I think they win 13, 14 games yeah. next year if they add, they add to that secondary. The Lions, what they did, they went from the safety position, and now they're looking at the corner position. They have been building from within, and they're building from inside to the outside. Some teams start from the outside to the inside. Has it worked over the years? Well, the Jets tried to do that. It didn't work. It really didn't. As good as Darrell Revis was and Cromartie and all these guys that they drafted over the years, it never worked. Because when the Jets did bring in some defensive line help, especially defensive tackles, defensive ends, they failed. Mainly edge rushers. They failed. As a matter of fact, the last edge rusher that was any good, well, they've had, they've had a couple of them the last two years, was was a guy like John Abraham, who who should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Makes no sense on half the guys that, I mean, Dwight Freeney makes it the Hall of Fame. How's John Abraham not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. It makes no sense. But nevertheless, we should try to get John Abraham on the show because I love John. He's on Facebook a lot. Reach okay. out to him on mind. Facebook. Yeah. So he posts up a lot on Facebook. But again, T. Higgins, 
it, it's going to be very interesting what the Bengals do in the offseason after they franchise them. Because I believe T. Higgins could be a game-changing wide receiver for at least multiple organizations. Multiple. Now, again, am I paying him 22 to $25 million after what he had this year? You have to look at the quarterback position. You have to look at the, the situation the Bengals were in this year. Browning did play well, but he, and also, T. Higgins played in 12 games. It's not like he didn't play in that many games. He right. played in a significant amount of games. He still didn't really put up the numbers the year before that he put up. So there's a lot of questions to this. They have to be very sure that T. Higgins is not a he's not falling off the wire. And, and instead, if he goes to a team where he can build up and get back to where he was a year and a half ago. Right. And you look at the, the dilemma with trading him before the draft or signing him right away. We haven't seen the Bengals or any team in the NFL invest that much combined money into a, the wide receiving position the way it has been, especially if you have an elite quarterback already like Joe Burrow is. And we were talking about it a couple weeks ago with the Bills and Stephon Diggs. Like, Stephon Diggs trading for him at the time helped elevate Josh Allen's game, but now Josh Allen has elevated his game so much where they don't need that kind of wide receiver anymore, so I can see a scenario where they end up trading Diggs. Same kind of thing with here. They have Chase and Burrow already set. They could help fill out other positions. Offensive line especially, they really could use a lot of. They sign Orlando Brown, which helps, but that doesn't help to fill out three other spots on that line. Now, defensively, it's interesting because Lou Anamaro is a really good coordinator, but they, like you said, they lost so much talent in that secondary. Like the Lions, they need outside corner help badly. Mike Hilton's a good slot corner. They don't have much else, and they're wasting a good front seven by not having that secondary help either. So, the dilemma will be do they want to combine all that money and hope to draft well with remember Mike Brown is the acting GM it's not like they have a real GM either to trust them to be able to do it again or are they going to do it where they're going to pay all this money to one player and hope for the best when we come back we'll get into some LeBron James conversation Rich Paul says that LeBron is committed to the Lakers long term and and has pushed uh, before the trade deadline was over to go after Joel Embiid. Uh, that was not going to happen. When we come back, we'll get into that and LeBron James. But first, we are going to the Sports Minute with Tommy Scoops. This is the Sports Loudmouth Sports Minute. Are you ready to get loud? With Tommy Scoops. That is right, everybody. It is another day, another Thursday, which means another Loudmouth Sports Minute report. I am your guy, Tommy Scoops, to give you guys all the rundown. And for today's scoop in MLB news, Commissioner Rob Manfred announces that he will be stepping down at the end of his contract. Manfred, who actually assumed office in 2015, is going to be stepping down at his contract ending in January 2029. Shifting over into the NFL, the Chicago Bears announced that they will be releasing veteran Pro Bowl guard Cody Whitehair and veteran All-Pro safety Eddie Jackson after both having seven-plus years with the team. In an NBA news, Pistons forward slash center Isaiah Stewart has been arrested after yesterday's altercation with Suns center Drew Eubanks. Apparently, people say that he sucker punched him and he will be getting arrested and cited for the incident that happened yesterday. In other NBA news, the Clippers have fined forward slash center P.J. Tucker $75,000 for publicly omitting his, his trade talks or his desires to be traded to another team. And switching over to scoops to scores, where I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the scores going on right now. No games going on right now currently in the NBA, but set, up, set to tip off soon. Within the next few hours, we have the, we have the Grizzlies taking on the Bucks. The Warriors are going to be tape, tipping off against the Jazz, with the Timberwolves tipping off against the Trailblazers. That is currently all the news that I have for you guys as of right now. I'm going to come back later on the show for an update. I'm going to send it back over to the boys. Belt Sports Loudmouth. 
This is the Sports Loud Mouth. Six three one. 672-310. It is the number to call. Yes, the mumber. The number in the mumber. The mumra. Yes, I don't know if you guys have seen E-Man, but yes, it's the number to call. Remember, you're listening to the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me and Speedy Petey, and Sean Smith every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. I don't know if anybody's seen He-Man. I am a, I'm a huge He-Man fan. I, as a kid growing up in the 80s, I watched Thundercats and He-Man, okay? And Mumra was the bad guy. He was the bad guy in He-Man. So, and I actually like the bad guys in all these cartoons. And I am not a cartoon fan, ladies and gentlemen. I did not watch Power Rangers or uh, any of that garbage that was on television when I was a kid. I was watching sports. As you can see, I'm a sports broadcaster. So I, the only cartoons I ever watched, and I wasn't really into the Muppet Babies and all that other crap that was on. I actually like Gumby. Has anybody remember Gumby? I mean, in the 80s, I, I did. I liked it. In the 80s and 90s, I was a Gumby fan, but they were, that was like uh, that was like clay or something. Like, Gumby was like clay. It wasn't a cart. It wasn't a cartoon. I think. I like Fraggle Rock. Remember Fraggle Rock? <laughs> uh, so, Speedy, you don't know what Fraggle Rock is, do you? No. You Would you watch a Fraggle Rock cartoon? If I, if I led you and showed you a couple of Fraggle Rock cartoon, you know, TV shows, would you watch it? Would you watch it with me? With me? Did you like cartoons? A little bit. Not as much as other people. So, so you're not a cartoon guy either. Not really. It's, it's surprising. I, I, I can see we have uh, Scoops. He's a, he's a huge comic fan. I, are you a comic fan? Do yes. Like I, I, I've embraced that more with the Marvel, with the Marvel or Justice League. What do you like? Marvel. M- definitely more Marvel. Who's your favorite Marvel character? Hmm, that is a good question. I probably would go with uh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man has always been the, he's the funny Ant-Man? one. Ant-Man? Ant-Man, yeah. He's, a, he's the funniest one, I think, of the group. Um, mm. I like the Captain America movies the most, but I don't think he's, like, the best character. Like, he's a little more serious like that uh, in comparison to some I don't like ones. his power. No, he, it's not at the same level of the power the same way as the other ones either. Like, I mean, he, Obviously, he, Hulk is Hulk. And he <laughs> goes, he, he's like a little, you know, little ant. What's he doing? You know? No, no, I, no. I, he goes I, into little holes. I, I mean, I, maybe that's why you like it. Oh my god! I'm just, I'm, and you're back to this. I'm just saying. I mean, why would you like Ant Man? I mean, you have all these guys. You have Wolverine. You have uh, Cyclops. I mean, you have all those different characters with uh, you know X Men and Gambit. Why the hell would you like Ant Man? I mean. <laughs> You have the Incredible Hulk. You have Captain I love America. Hulk. I love Hulk too. Have... Captain America is the favorite movies. Those ones. I that's think are the not most... what I'm speaking. I about. know. I know. That's what I'm. I'm we're, we're speaking about comics, and you pick Ant Man. Ant Man. Come on, man. What? What? What is it? What are like you like moholes and you know? I mean, I understand you, you're you're the hen man, and you're like you're. you're, you're back to this. I, I'm just being honest here. You, you like hens, right? You like chickens? I no care. I'm not a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Could you give me your first? No. I, I've been asking you to give me a rooster sound. No. Just give me one. A rooster. Oh, God. Come on. Give me a rooster sound. All right. Enjoy the humiliation, fans. <laughs> no, that's horrible. I can't, I can't do it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. That was a lot better than mine. 
Oh man, I was scaring people away. Yeah, at least I warned them this time. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your favorite Justice League guy? Justice League. I mean, that's Superman, Batman. Who do you like? Uh, yeah, I'd probably go Superman on that one. Why do you like Superman? I think I think the backstory of it is very interesting. You like not the, the backstory, Batman, right? Ba- not the that backstory. Batman's isn't interesting. I think the Bruce Wayne character is definitely very good too. But I always like the Superman with all the different all the different backstories with the villains and the, those planets, the Krypton and all that. Yeah. I think is and they've done it in many different ways. You like different generations, well, and I think it's I think it's very well done as well. Mm. So he likes Superman. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I was, uh, growing up, I loved the Batman movies. Okay. Okay, I, I did. I, even though Batman really doesn't have any powers. I mean, what does he have? No. He's, he's got money. That's what he's got. Yeah. You know? You have money, right? No, I don't. You're rich. You look at you. I mean, look at that. I mean, you, you need to work on that hair. You know, put some gel in that hair. But you moose, so whatever the hell you're going to do with that. I mean, you, you just got to strut yourself, man. I mean, you're, you're a sexy guy. You just flash that, you know, flash those hundreds, man. Oh, God. I mean, seriously. Tell everybody how much money you're worth. I don't know. You don't know how much you're worth? No. You don't know what you have in your bank? No. <laughs> how many guys doesn't know how much he has in his bank account, ladies and gentlemen? Only Speedy Beatty. Anyways, uh, there we go. I, I, I'm going to save Speedy. I don't really want to throw him under the bus. Uh, Rich Paul said on the Stephen A. Smith show that LeBron James told him that he's committed to the Lakers long term. There is also a belief that the Lakers will pursue his son, Bronny, who is averaging 5.8 points per game, three rebounds per game, and 2.6 assists per game for the USC Trojans this season. Jeannie Buss and Rob Palinka, <laughs> what a last name, man, mentioned that they are not sure how long this commitment to the Lakers will be. And he is currently only signed for one more player option this season and next year. Woj reports that the Warriors and the 76ers were asking the Lakers about trading for LeBron at the trade deadline. And the Warriors still might pursue him if he declines his player option and enters free agency. The New York Post, Stefan Bondi, uh, asked about playing at, at Madison Square Garden with the Knicks, to which LeBron responded, I have had that thought in my career. The Knicks have recently resolved previous issues with Rich Paul. First of all, LeBron James is not going to the Garden. No. He's not going to the Knicks because if he was going to the Knicks, he would have been there years ago. The New York Knicks right now are positioned going into the offseason if if – Julius Randle decides to not take that player option to have two max contracts that they could bring in big-time players to help out Jalen Brunson and some of the talent that they have right now on this team. There is no way at 37, 38 years old the Knicks are going to make a run at LeBron James. Now, I could see the Warriors doing it because of Steph Curry. And they want to keep Steph Curry... And everybody's so happy right now because Steph Curry and uh, Clay Thompson and uh, Draymond Green are actually playing well. They're actually a 500 team now. They're 26 and 26, and they're going crazy like they're going to win another NBA championship. The Splash Brothers are back, ladies and gentlemen. They haven't been there for a long, long time, buddy. But when you hear these stories that Rich Paul is speaking for LeBron, and we've heard Joel Embiid's name being brought up, Uh, for the Lakers to trade for him at the trade deadline. That was never going to happen. Even if Joel Embiid was healthy, 
There's no way the 76ers are going to trade for Anthony Davis and a bunch of crap, okay? That's what they have right now on that right. team. It's a bunch of crap. They have nobody. The Lakers have not been a winning organization for a very long time. And I don't want to hear about last year, okay, guys? I don't want to hear that they went to the Western Conference Finals because they got so lucky when they got to the Western Conference Finals last year. And they got dominated by a Denver Nugget team that was so much better than they were. Mm -hmm. Okay? Denver has a future. They have a bunch of draft picks. They traded for one last year in the playoffs, I think with OKC, which could be a pretty significant pick. Mm -hmm. It could be a top 10 pick this year. But I look at the Lakers right now. They're the Lakers. So when you hear the Lakers and the organization and the name, the Bus family, this isn't Dr. Bus there. This is Jeannie Bus running the organization now. And I, I can't see a player. If I was Donovan Mitchell, okay, and we've heard Donovan Mitchell's name being brought up going into the offseason where the Lakers are going to go heavily after him. Mm-hmm. What do they have to offer? What are they willing to give up to get Donovan Mitchell one? Does Donovan Mitchell want to sign a long-term deal over there, knowing that LeBron James is an old man, and he's probably on the tail end of his career, and Anthony Davis can't stay healthy? Why would Donovan Mitchell want to go to the Lakers? It doesn't make sense! Yeah, why would any team want to take on the risk of Anthony Davis either for that Nobody price. wants to go yeah. there, and why would Joel Embiid want to go there? Yeah. Joel- I mean, Joel played with Ben Simmons. He played with James Harden. And I'm going to tell you this. James Harden, right now is a better player than Anthony Davis. Which says a lot about the state that Anthony Davis has been in, kind of the inconsistency. He can't stay healthy! Yeah, and that's the same risk that everyone had in the offseason with Embiid, but Embiid the last three years has actually been a lot healthier, and that was a big reason why he won the MVP last year, and he's been in the MVP conversation ever since then, is because he's actually stayed healthy. Now, this year he got hurt again. He's going to be out at least a month, maybe more, and he wants to come back in the regular season for whatever reason, didn't take the surgery like we were discussing last week, which could be a risk for his long-term career, and that's why from the Lakers standpoint, it didn't seem like it was going to be worth the risk or even try for that kind of thing either. It's just typical of what LeBron wants to do. LeBron wants his guys there. And at 76ers, it feels, it feels like the feeling might have been mutual. Oh, I'm going to go play with uh, Embiid over there with the 76ers tra- trade over there. Now, Daryl Morey wouldn't be surprising if they were to try to make that kind of swing, but it seems like LeBron is committed to the Lakers. And yeah, it might say, oh, this is only the length of this contract. And based on LeBron's history, you could say that. But I think this time is actually truthful. He's going to stay with the Lakers. And I know a lot of people are probably going to think I'm crazy because I said that James Harden's a better player than Anthony Davis. The only reason why I think James Harden is a better player than Anthony Davis is because he's more durable. Anthony Davis, over the last couple of years, he's on and off. Now, his numbers, Anthony Davis's numbers are better than, obviously, James Harden. And he's year. a more well-rounded player. Yes, yeah. no question. He rebounds. He Right now, he's averaging 25 points a game, 12.2 rebounds per game, and 3.8 assists a game. Anthony Davis is a good player. Here's the problem. Anthony Davis... If you look at his average amount of games over the last five years, I would bet you that James Harden's played in more games mm-hmm. than Anthony Davis. And Anthony, and right now James Harden's playing on a team with four superstars, okay? Counting him. There's four stars on this team. So, and Russell Westbrook, I wouldn't call him a star. I, would, I, I wouldn't say he's a superstar. I would say he was a star. He's the other guy. Right. But Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George and James Harden. James Harden's the third guy. He's the third guy. It's Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, then James Harden. Anthony Davis is the number one guy right now. It goes Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And 
Nobody else. Also, so, Reeves is probably third, and that's a big drop. And I'm, by the way, Reeves is a great young player. Yeah, he's I, nice. I really like the kid. But are you willing to trade the one optional player that you've had that you've developed for another player that, you, honestly, you're going to have to give more than th- just that player up and draft stock? Which, by the way, how much draft stock do they have? They don't even have their first round pick this year. It's that's what I'm Pelicans. saying. So what do they have? I mean, is it unprotected or protected with the Pelicans? I think it's the regular. <laughs> oh, so oh, it's not God. protected. So even if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, it's still going to the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, that I don't understand the unprotected, protected thing with the NBA. It, it, it annoys <laughs> the hell out of me. It, it, for, as a New York Knicks fan, I can't stand it. But nevertheless, if you sit back and you wonder what is going on with the Lakers and, and what Rich Paul is saying, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And for anybody to think right now, today, that uh, the Lakers had a chance to get Joel Embiid or Donovan Mitchell in the offseason, if any of those players want to go there, good luck. Because you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. The Lakers are going to be, and I don't care what anybody says, nobody's going to, no matter what the Lakers are and what Magic Johnson's going to say or anybody's going to, it's a different game. And, and, and me and Jeff have, we've sp- spoken about this with the NBA now. It, it's not about the money because everybody can pay the players. It's not about the endorsements because no matter where you play, you're going to get the endorsements. It's all about where do you want to play? Do you want to play in L.A.? Do you want to play in New York? Do you want to play in Miami? Or do you want to play in Detroit? <laughs> in LeBron's case, it's who do I want to play with? <laughs> he wants to play with his son. So yeah. it, it's and Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will have Wes and Derek. Yes, uh, we love them as well. And we will call this, or we have been calling it, Let's Parlay here. On the Sports Loudmouth. This is the Sports Loudmouth Sports Minute. So you ready to get loud? With Tommy Scoops. Like I said, I'm back in again for another update on the next scores right now. I am Tommy Scoops to give you guys the rundown. And for today's scoop, in NFL news, 49ers linebacker Dre Greenlaw, who tore his Achilles in the Super Bowl, actually had a successful surgery and expected to fully recover. So... Speedy recovery for him. While still on the topics for the 49ers, many reports actually suggest that the the team has their eye on Brandon Staley, former head coach of the Chargers, on being the team's next defensive coordinator. Shifting over into the NBA, in NBA news, free agent forward Danilo Gallinari, who was just released from his team, is actually going to be joining the Bucs for the rest of the season. Shifting over into women's college basketball, Kaylin Clark, point guard for the Iowa Hawkeyes, is actually on the verge of actually passing Kelsey Plum for the all-time scoring leader list within the NCAA. So right now, I'm going to head it over to Scoops to Scores, where currently still no, no games tipped off right now, but do have the Bucks tipping off again with the Grizzlies soon, this, the Warriors tipping off with the Jazz, and we have the Minnesota Timberwolves tipping off soon with the Portland Trailblazers. Once again, that's all the time that I have for you guys right now. I'm going to be back later on this show for another update. Send it back over to the boys for Let's Parlay. This is the Sports Loud Mouth. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You're listening to the Sports Loud Mouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Beatty. 
Petey. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including The Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey, and Sean Smith, every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in and listen to all our local shows or shows around the country is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. I know there's a guy in this Let's Parlay window that is absolutely excited because his Chiefs won yet again another Super Bowl. As we call this segment, Let's Parlay. Parlay, Olay, Olay, Olay. It's time for Let's Parlay. I'm sick. Yes, I am absolutely sick to my my socks right now. Yes, I don't know if you could ever be sick to your socks, but my my feet are sweating because I had to look at this guy's eyes right now and say, you were right, okay? I'm giving you credit. Yes, your Kansas City Chiefs won another Super Bowl. It makes me sick to my stomach. It makes me want to throw up. You and your Swifty fans can kiss my royal little ass. But, Wes, how are you, my friends? You know, I'm doing great. Yesterday was... A fantastic day that you know turned bad really quick. So it's yes, it's uh, you know I, I I love my city and I've never once felt unsafe anywhere in this city and and you know it, it's the way that yesterday's parade ended it, with the world watching is it, really it's just a bad look a bad representation and and you know people died I mean it's really mm-hmm. the Super Bowl doesn't feel as special anymore I mean it it's hard to say it but. It was an incredible weekend. I had a ton of fun watching the game. It was down to the wire. So whether you're a Chiefs fan or a Niners fan, the the game delivered on everything we would want in a Super Bowl. I don't think that there was any terribly egregious calls that decided the outcome of the game. I mean, if you're a Niners fan, there's not really even a good excuse. It's just, um, I mean, it was a great game. I know, Errol, you're the first guy to call on the officials for for making a bad call or not making the call you know that's usually in favor of the Chiefs but you're reaching if you try and find one in that game so uh, there was a point where I thought the Chiefs were going to lose that football game I mean there there really was the the turning point in that game was that muff punt uh, I was I, I screamed my head off well to start with MBS touchdown I, I just about lost my voice on that but uh, but that muff punt Everybody I was looking at, we it was we just won the Super Bowl, and it didn't make a difference. What happened after that? We won the Super Bowl. Momentum had, had completely shifted. Derek Mountaineer. Well, I, I will say this: your fans are a little crazy over there with the Eagles because they like to eat horse crap. But nevertheless, I mean, it's better it's better to climb poles and it's better to eat dog crap or whatever the hell they eat than doing the crazy stuff that happened at that uh, parade. Uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, what a sad situation, what happened. Uh, shout out to all the families that are dealing with uh, the lost ones, and, and even some of the families that are dealing with the kids, uh, all the kids that got shot. I think uh, there was like, I think 10 or 11 kids, they were shot uh, nine times or some crazy number. It was crazy. The, game, the, the, the chief of police gave more information today, so it sounds like it wasn't an act of terror or or hate or anything like that. It sounds like there was a... Uh, a, a disagreement between some some humans mm. and and the end result was gunfire and mm. from what i'm reading it was 22 total people that were injured mm-hmm. um it sounds like two lost their lives yep and um 
half of the people uh, involved were under the age of 16. It's it's horrible. Wow. It's a horrible thing. I mean, but uh, hey, listen, I, obviously, I, 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 first of all, first of all, you can have an argument and stuff like that. Pulling out a gun and shooting at each other is not the answer. So, and 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 eight hundred. There were eight hundred police officers at that parade, and it's just horrible what happened. But again, we're we're here, and uh, thank God you're okay. Uh, did you go to the parade? No, I. You know, I'm lucky as a season ticket holder. I get to go to the really important games, and uh, you know, they, there's just a lot of chaos in, in going to those parades, and. You know, we we've had five of those major events in the last seven or eight years. Oh, go ahead, brag about it. Brag about it. Go well, ahead. no, I, it's not a brag. I'm just. I know, I know. Put, I'm just uh, to put it in perspective. We we had the Royals, we had the draft, and now we've had the Chiefs in their three Super Bowls, and there's been nothing like that. But but it's uh, it takes a lot to get to Union Station. Even if you and I were going to go to Union Station for a cocktail or for a train or whatever it was we we wanted, it, it takes a lot to get there. And I live probably four miles from from Union Station. It's crazy. It's still the, the the parking and just there's planning that goes into it. And that's without a million people. Speaking of cocktails, Speedy, what's your favorite cocktail? Uh, we don't have time for this. We have a guest. I'm not just asking. What's we, your we have a guest. What's I don't your have, favorite cocktail? I don't have time to think. I like a lot of them. <laughs> well, I'm sure you do. Anyways, Derek, Wes, are you ready? All right, let's do it. As we know, and I don't know if anybody knows how we do this, you get, obviously, Wes and Derek are going to give you their top three picks of their week, and then they'll have a parlay pick for their fourth pick. So we're going to go Wes first, then Derek. Here we go. Wes, give us your first pick. So so I, I hope that it doesn't offend Derek or anybody, but I have to give two right now, and then maybe Derek can give two on his because this thing is going to tip off in eight minutes, and I'm looking at this this uh, Memphis-Milwaukee NBA game. There is almost no starters playing for Memphis. The line went from 11 to 14. Those are not the lines I'm looking at. What I'm thinking is, even though it looks like Milwaukee is going to play some of their starters, they're going to get pulled really quickly. Uh, and, and so what I'm looking at is points totals. First off, I'm taking 14 points Memphis. Because I think that the 11 was spot on and there was already a lot of starters not going to play in the game. And I'm just looking at it it, it, from the standpoint of I don't think that the Bucs are going to waste Giannis and Lillard and and some of these players for to go against third and fourth stringers. So I already like the 11, but now I'm getting an extra three. So I'm taking the plus 14 on Memphis for this game. The other one is the first quarter game total at 54 and a half is incredibly low for an NBA game. I think what we're going to see with lack of starters is also lack of defense on both sides. I don't think that Milwaukee's going to D up very well and they're not going to take these third and fourth stringers seriously. And on the Memphis side of things, I think they're going to play really hard and put up some points, but 54 and a half, that is I mean, 27, 28. I mean, that, that's a pretty low scoring first quarter in today's NBA, and it's minus 105. So I'm, I'm taking those two. Just It just feels like the, the way to go. I, I'd probably be taking Memphis in this game if they had all their starters and it was going to be a real battle. I just really like their roster, and they're fun to watch. But All right, Derek, hit us with your first pick. 
All right, so I will stay in that game. Uh, off that note, I mean, I, I had a whole spiel about the guys that are actually out for Memphis tonight. We're, we're obviously not going to see Ja. We haven't seen Desmond Bain in, in a while. We don't have Jaron Jackson tonight. We don't have Luke Kennard. We don't have Derek Rose. We don't have John Conchar. We don't have Scottie Pippen Jr. Like some of these guys are fringe NBA guys at best. Other guys are more integral to what Memphis wants to do. But the reason I mentioned all those guys with the prop that I'm about to give out, all those guys are ball handlers or, or they have a high usage rate on offense. So I'm going to pivot to Vince Williams over four and a half assists for tonight. Um, that is set at a pick'em line, so you get that at minus one ten at some books. Um, I think that's a really nice price. Now, if you look at his season-long stats, he only averages three a game, but he has hit this in his last five games because of this role he has been thrusted into. Vince Williams, Vince Williams Jr. is going to be thrusted into that point guard facilitator role. It's him. It's Jordan Goodwin. It's Jacob Gilliard who, who are going to have the ball the majority of the game tonight. There are only nine Memphis Grizzlies active for this game. So even if it's a blowout um, and and we, we don't get the cover, um, I, I still think that Williams is going to have to play 30 plus minutes because they don't have the bodies. So I think this is going to be, even if it's not looking great at halftime, he has one or two assists at halftime. He could hit this in garbage time. So over four and a half assists for Vince Williams. All right, Wes, give us your second pick. I'm going to go to the NHL, and I'm going to the only game that's on tomorrow night. Going to uh, it's Phoenix against Carolina, and I, I'm actually taking the dog here. I'm going to take the plus one and a half, and I'm going to take Phoenix, and it's not because I think that they're a better team or even belong on the ice with, with Carolina. Um, Carolina's been playing on goalie three for most of the season, and and Kachekov's doing, he's, he's actually, I think, 2.5 is yep. his goals against average. But on the road, on the road, he allows three goals more times than he doesn't. I, I want to say about 75% of his road games, he's allowing three goals. But what I'm, what I'm seeing with this game is a couple things. First off, Carolina is in the middle of a three-game road trip. They, they just got roughed up pretty good at Dallas. Now they're, now they're going to Zona. But I think that they're going to be looking to the game tomorrow night. They got a they got a twofer. They play tomorrow night, and, and it's also on the road. And they're going to be more concerned with Vegas uh, on Saturday night than they will be Zona tomorrow. And Zona has played some good teams close in in the last couple of weeks, and they can score goals in in an odd spot. So I I think that this is kind of a trappy scenario, and I'm I'm going to take the goal and a half. I'm probably even going to sprinkle some some money line regulation just because it's going to pay so well once the puck drops. But take take the one and a half. I this is this is purely a situational, you know, where I like them. They they don't lose them all. And so it's very close to a 500 team. They're not one of these teams that only has 10 wins. All right, Derek, give us your second pick. I'm going to go back to the NBA for our nine o'clock game: Warriors versus Jazz. I'm going to go Brandon Pajinski. Over 22 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Um, <laughs> this guy's a stat stuffer. This was their first round pick in last year's draft. Coming from Santa Clara, a little bit of an unknown. He was a late riser through the NBA combine. Um, Pajinski doesn't 
have a huge flaw in his game. He's not necessarily a master at any one thing, but he, he makes out to be a really, really good player for them. His minutes have gone up a lot. He played 35 minutes in last night's game. So I guess that could, in, in one sense, set off some alarm bells. Maybe he's not going to play that much, but I'm not worried about that tonight. It's a close spread. The Warriors are a two and a half point favorite against Utah. So I think we're going to have a really competitive game. The totals are, the totals, the point total of this game is hovering in the 240s. So for tonight, it's going to be really, really fast. The Jazz played a really, really quick speed. We know that the Warriors are going to shoot a lot of threes. So um, Pajitski has hit this in four of his last five. Um, I think with those long rebounds, he's always going to be in play to get a rebound. Um, but he, they're starting to they're starting to lean on him a lot more, especially with the decline of Klay Thompson and, and those other older guards. The last game before the All-Star break, I think Steve Kerr is going to lean on these younger legs and Pajinski to, to get him another victory going into the All-Star break after a tough loss last night. Give me his over on his PRA. All right, Wes, give us your number three pick. I'm going to go to the NBA All-Star game. And last year, this game was really hard to watch. It, it almost it, it, these NBA All Star games almost look like players don't care. I think it was two years ago where Steph just put on a just a, a three point clinic, and then was it at the end of the game LeBron decided to, to shoot the game winner and get yes. involved and fire everybody up. Um, I think that was in Cleveland, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So three fifty nine were scored last year, and they had a very lazy fourth quarter. They don't typically play defense, but they also don't drive real hard to the to the rim. They don't the, the pace. The pace is not really that great. So um, this thing opened at 363. I caught it at 367 and a half, and I'm taking the under. That is a ton of points for a bunch of players that don't care about this game. And on top of it, there's all kinds of wild big player names being thrown around, whether they're trade rumors. Or, or they were actually talked about like this. I, I just, I think there's, that's kind of an odd thing with LeBron and, and Golden State. And there's just weird stuff going on. I don't see it being very competitive. A lot of star players that are going to be in this game don't know where they're going to be come next season. Mm. It's not a really great thing for the morale of an all-star game. Indy is about to drop down to 28 degrees. They're going to see snow tomorrow morning. I don't know what that does to people's travel, but if you're traveling from somewhere like Miami or Los Angeles and you land in that kind of weather, are you really going to want to play in a game that's not quite paying you? I just, I, I have a very low opinion of the effort that's going to be put in in this game. I think the NHL is the only all-star game where we truly see effort. It may be in, in MLB, but MLB is just so hard to watch. So I'm going under 367.5, the game total. I'm only looking forward to the slam dunk and the three-point contest and the skills competition. I, I could care less what happens in the NBA game. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching these dunks if they're any good because over the last two seasons, they, it, I, honestly, I, I, I'd rather watch a street ball game and watch some of those things that they're doing right now, some of the unbelievable dunks they're doing because these NBA players, you would think they would put on a show. They're, they just haven't. I mean, the last show that I remember – was um what's his Zach Levine and uh, who's the kid Aaron Gordon and Aaron Gordon that was the probably the last best dunk contest I had a chance to watch so it's been crap as far as I'm concerned Derek give us your third pick so I owe you two picks with uh, Wes's uh, two picks in the beginning so my uh, I'll go back to the NBA one more NBA pick Jeremy Grant over two and a half assists so this one's at like minus one thirty five so not not quite a pick 'em but um, I think it's worth the extra juice. Um, 
I think there's a reason that that it's favored. Uh, no Malcolm Brogdon, no Shaden Sharp. Um, I'm going to follow the trend here. Uh, in the three games without Shaden Sharp and Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Grant's assist rate is up 7.7%. He makes up 21% of the team's assists in those splits, which pretty decent. He averages four and a half assists per game in, in those three games. So not a huge sample size, which is why I kind of think the books haven't caught up to this. Um, and they're playing, they're, they're rematching against a Minnesota team that they played two nights ago. Grant fit in this exact criteria, hit four assists. Um, he was five for 17 from the floor. I mean, it's just a brutal matchup in terms of scoring. Um, he's going to go up against Jaden McDaniels and Nikhil Alexander-Walker on the perimeter. This is the best defensive team in basketball. But in terms of distributing the ball, it's going to be a lot of him and Scoot Henderson. They're going to have the ball a ton this game. So um, give me his over and assists. And then my last one, I will go to college hoops. I'm going to go with uh, Utah Moneyline over USC. I think it's a wrong team favored in this game. Um, this is one I, I usually red flags go off when you see a line like this. USC is nine and 15, but they're a one point favorite over a bubble team in, in Utah, who's I believe 16 and nine. They have a much better resume. So why are they the underdog? I think it's a tough spot. USC was a preseason ranked team. They were ranked for two weeks and they've completely, the, the wheels have completely fallen off over there. Um, they've not met preseason expectations. You get them at home, but it's it, it's a sleepy spot for, for a team visiting, but I don't think you have to worry about that with a team like Utah. This is Joe Lenardi's last team in the field right now. They lost a heartbreaker last Thursday to Arizona in triple overtime. They had a brutal situational spot Saturday at home against Arizona State and lose that game as, I think, 10, 11-point favorites. So I, I, they, they got to dial in tonight. They can't have back-to-back -back bad losses as a bubble team. It just means way more for them tonight. They have an advantage in the front court. Um, USC's tallest guy, Dennis Rodman's kid that plays a lot. He's six foot six. I mean, Brandon Carlson's a 6'11", skilled big, who's nearly averaging a double-double. So I, I think on the floor, they have an advantage. Psych I think they have an advantage. They have something to play for. They can't lose this game. So give me Utah Moneyline tonight at 11 o'clock Eastern. We have all your parlays. All right. If these odds makers would cooperate and start giving us the damn Saturday college hoops lines now, uh, I mean, because Saturday, Saturday, I'm going to be all over the, the fairgrounds card. There's a lot of Kentucky Derby prep races, a lot of horse racing on Saturday. But college hoops, you know, every single Saturday now is fast and furious mm. and uh, if if not faster than what college college uh, football would be. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to tell you this, uh, Speedy. What are their records right now? Why uh, uh, I think you're at forty nine thirty and one right now because you had the uh, the one player prop that was a uh, questionable. Derek, you fell back under five hundred, but uh, we'll give you a pass for the Debo Samuel one from last week because <laughs> he got hurt. <laughs> oh, I've been targets too. Oh my god, that's not a no. That's a loss. That's a loss. He uh, process is good there. He just. McDuffie locked him up, um, mm. and and, and Debo did not play a good game. But mm. I mean that Chiefs defense—they've they, done that all year. They, they've been unbelievable all year. So uh, credit to them. Yeah, don't don't remind me, okay? Don't remind me. As Wes yeah. is putting smiles on his face. Hopefully uh, the I'm, Chicago Bears are a little bit better. I'm I'm waiting for my jersey. I'm it's coming, okay? I ordered it. Relax. I got it for you. Don't worry. Call off this. I remember. I didn't forget. Uh, anyways, anyways, boys, thank you. George. Furious George is what we call him. Uh, all right, Furious my my ass, okay? How about that? I go, Speedy likes to smack asses, right, Speedy?
the, again, we don't the have good time for thing this. with a Karloftis jersey is we got we got him for another three years. Okay, he's an early run. Yeah. <laughs> so that jersey isn't going to be a throwback anytime soon. Well, that's true too. Anyways, thank you, Wes. Thank you, Derek. We'll see you next week. All right, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the Sports Loudmouth, we'll be talking to U.S. Army Green Beret actor and former Seahawks long snapper Nate Boyer here. On the Sports Line Mouth. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouth. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You're listening to the Sports Loud Mouth. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy. PD. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including The Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey, and Sean Smith every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in and listen to all our local listings of our shows is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And by the way, thank you to Let's Barlay, Derek and Wes for giving us their winners. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on The Loudmouth, we are now talking to U.S. Army Green Beret actor and former Seahawks long snapper, Nate Boyer. Nate, what's up, bud? How's it going, brother? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. And I want to say something. For for all the time that you put into our U.S. Army and and being a Green Beret, the the work and 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 honestly, to put your life on the line to to protect this country is an amazing feat. Thank you for all the time and the services that you put in for our country. No, it was my honor. It really was, and and you know, I got a, I got a lot uh, out of it from a learning perspective, from a you know mission and purpose perspective, but also like it it set me up for the next chapters of my life so i'm definitely grateful for it and the men and women i got to serve under and serve alongside um wouldn't be where i'm at without it no doubt about that now obviously you were in iraq and afghanistan tell us a little bit about your tours and what was it like uh, you know obviously being in for six years and putting your life on the line for all those years yeah i mean it was it was something I did I, growing up. I didn't think I was going to be in the military. It wasn't something I really uh, envisioned, you know, not that I thought it was bad or wrong. It's just not what I thought I would be doing. I mean, I was a huge sports fan as a kid, as most people are, <laughs> it seems like. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, that's just that's what I thought I would be doing, something around sports, uh, no matter what. And, you know, and I, I got to do that later, but I just never – I never really pictured that. And then, you know, when I didn't, after high school, when I didn't have scholarship offers anywhere and um, I didn't play football growing up either, it just wasn't something that, uh, you know, that, I don't know. It just, I felt like I missed the, the bus on that. And um, I ended up you know, working on a fishing boat for a while down in San Diego and doing other odd jobs. And eventually, you know, 9-11 happened and it just, uh, it kind of made sense for me. I was, I was a little bit, uh, I don't want to say lost, but, you know, maybe somewhat. I was definitely drifting and wasn't, and I wanted to be of service in some way and kind of find my purpose. Like, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. And, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of came about and made sense. Uh, I was, uh, I heard about this contract. You could, you could come in off the street and try out for the special forces 
if you passed uh, after basic training in airborne school, if you passed like a language aptitude test and a psyche eval and you had to score a certain level on the ASVAP and all these things. So I just said, man, like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to try to do it big. I'm going I'm to try out for the toughest thing. And if I don't make it, I'll probably land somewhere pretty cool either way. And, and ended up getting through the training and earning the Green Beret and uh, kind of going on my way. So um, it, it, it worked out. I was lucky that contract, the 18 x-ray contract existed. And the Army just made sense for me at that time in my life. You know, it's it's so interesting because I actually was going to the Army as well. And I, I took the, the ASVAB test, whatever. I took all the tests. I, I scored okay. I, I didn't score one of those high numbers because I wanted to be like, I, I wanted to do something with machinery and, and all that other stuff. But right. I couldn't get in. I they But they gave me... I forget. I, I, I don't remember what I was actually going for, but I had to go to Fort Hamilton. I went to Fort Hamilton. I went through all these different, you know, tests, heart tests and everything like that. And they found like something wrong with my heart. And I went through, I, I, took, oh, I didn't, I did an EKG like three, four times while I was doing all this. My mother was calling me up, like begging me, begging me not to go into the service because this was right before this was in 2000. It was right before 2001 when everything started to happen. So and my mother was like, I don't think this is a good idea. Please oh, don't, don't sign the paper. Don't sign the paper. Crying to me on the phone. My, you know, the sergeant right next to me says, is your mom really that crazy? I say. You have no ideas. Yes. <laughs> you have no ideas, Sergeant. So we we went over there. I went, and they found something wrong with my heart. And then they said, we have to send you to um, a cardiologist. And I, I had an echo and all that other stuff. They found a delta wave in my heart, and I had to get it removed. And I and there was there was my career with the Army. So I really never got a chance to uh, go out there and, and, and fight for my country. But that's a true story. And I really wanted to fight and I wanted to go into the army. I didn't want to be a Marine. My grandfather was a Marine. Uh, it was a war hero in Korea. Uh, my uncle was in the air force. I, I thought the air force was for, um, I'm not going to say it on live radio, but I'm not going to do that. But Hey, I, 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 there was something about the army that really stood out to me and maybe, maybe I would have done special forces, maybe a green beret. I, I wanted to, to go out there. And I always said, and I'm going to tell you this straight out. Uh, and I know, we're, uh, by the way, we're speaking to uh, U.S. Army green beret actor and former Seahawks long snapper, Nate Boyer, fantastic personality, all the great things that he's done. And we're, we're interviewing him for the first time on the sports loudmouth. The one thing I can say about uh, people that have fought for the country and fight for this country right Right now, to this day, uh, I, I not only do I respect, if, if anything happens in this country, if, if we have to go through a World War III, I, even though I'm 41 years old, I would volunteer, volunteer to go and fight for this country. That's, that's a fact. But I, I'm all about you know, supporting our soldiers and everything that they've done for us, keeping us safe and, and obviously standing up for us uh, all over the world. So uh, I appreciate you, Nate. As always, and uh, as always, uh, we really appreciate you joining us on the show. Yeah, just a salute to your service as well, Nate. Uh, fantastic. Uh, and what you've done to this country, what you've done for the freedoms of this country. So I want to ask you from the military standpoint, like either both physically or mentally, what was the biggest challenge for you getting into it? And uh, obviously during the wars that you fought in. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, guys. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, the biggest challenge was just like after high school, I didn't really work out anymore, you know, not tough, not hard anyway. I didn't really train. Um, I hadn't really grown up around military culture. I knew nothing about it or very little. I hadn't, you know, really fired a gun. So I was like a fish out of water 
you know, in basic training and beyond, everything I did was like the, a new thing the first time. You know, I remember after basic, we go straight to airborne school. We got to like jump out of airplanes. And not that everybody else in the class is like a skydiver, but like, I don't know. I just was like, I never even thought I'd be doing something like this a few weeks ago. And now I'm like standing in the door, you know, as it opens up and we're only about 1,200 feet above the ground. And I'm like, I got to jump out of this thing. You know, I hope that shoot <laughs> opens. I didn't pack it. Like, I, I mean, what's the deal here? So it's just one of those, it's, it's stuff like that. And then once you do it, you know, once you start to take those steps and you kind of um, commit to something like that, you know, and you're just like, well, I'm here. I mean, I can't go back. I can't, you know, you join the military, you, you go to basic, like you can't walk away. It's fi- I had a five-year contract. It's like, I'm here for five years, no matter what. So I might as well just, make the decision now that no matter what, I'm not going to quit. It's going to go as hard as I can. If I get hurt or something happens or I get cut, I don't make it. Hey, you know, as long as I just do my best, I can live with that. And, you know, it worked out and, and it wasn't easy. I didn't make it all the way in certain aspects. Like it took me time. I had to recycle a couple of phases. Like, you, you know, you got to go through that, but it definitely set me up for the mindset I needed for the next things, you know, to, to go in to do football and now to do the film and TV stuff, you know, direct a movie, all of that. I, I got to pay tribute to, to that time, you know, to that time when I was like, not quite sure I could handle it. I'm not quite sure I was the right man for the job, but I just said, you know what, there's probably other people around me that have the same doubts I do. And if they don't quit, you know, then why, why would I quit? Like, just, just, just keep, just hang in there. And you might be last place on a lot of these things, but just, just don't, just don't give up. Just keep pushing and outwork everybody around you control the things that you can control. And, and I'm telling you, like in life, generally, it just applies everywhere. Um, and it's not always going to go your way. And if you swing big, you're going to strike out a lot, you know, but you will hit that home run once in a while. If you keep taking those hacks, you should be giving that to speedy. I mean, he does, he swings and he strikes out all the time. I mean, seriously, <laughs> he's a, he's, he doesn't hit home runs. Speedy. Keep swinging. Come on, <laughs> swinging. Well, I could tell you what he does in his, uh, you know, his off time, but uh, I don't want to scare you away, Nate. Anyways, we were talking to U.S. Army Green Beret and actor, former Seahawks, long snapper, Nate Boyer. Let's get into your career as an NFL player. In 2015, you joined the Seattle Seahawks. And what was it like being coached by Pete Carroll? What was it like being a long snapper for the Seahawks? Man, it was in the uh, what a dream. And just, I mean, I wasn't there very long, but just to have that opportunity at 34, especially, was really cool. I mean, I, I got to play for two iconic uh, football coaches in Mac Brown and Pete Carroll. Um, you know, both national champions in college. Obviously, Pete, Pete Carroll, also a Super Bowl champion. Um, you know, and Pete just that. He just does things different, man. Look at him there. You know, he's always chomping the gum. You know, he's a, he's he's just he had that personality, has that personality and that uh, positivity that you don't always see and hear in coaching. Like there's there's uh, look, Pete, you know, it took him a couple go rounds. He goes mm-hmm. he goes to the, uh, New England and, and, and with the Jets and, you know, struggles and high stress, high stress guy. Uh, it's a high stress job. And he let it eat him up and it you know, it, it was tough. And he goes back to college at, at USC and relearns how to coach and how to build, you know, a, a locker room and culture and like to make it fun. It's supposed to be fun. We're playing football. Like, of course you want to win. You got to take it seriously. But like, if you're not having fun, like, what are you doing out there? It is a game at the end of the day. And so everything became a competition, even in practice and a fun competition, like pushing each other and really building that brotherhood in the locker room. 
and the camaraderie that's necessary to win championships. Like the offense got to believe in the defense. The linebackers got to believe in the DBs. The quarterbacks got to believe in his receivers. And you get, you build that belief in each other through going through, you know, going through tough stuff together and challenging one another and like out there every single drill, just trying to, you know, beat that guy across from you wearing the same jersey as you in practice. So on Sundays, uh, that team's successful. And he loved guys with a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, he was like, look, Nate, the odds of you making this team are not good. (laughs) I love your story, man. I love that you just found a way. And like, that's what I want in this locker room. That's what I want around my team. And, you know, I don't know how long this thing will last. And for me, it lasted five months and I'll take it. Um, But that's why I appreciated it. Cause I also had an offer from the St. Louis Rams and not that there's anything wrong with the Rams, but like, and the Seahawks have been to back-to-back Super Bowls, and Pete just had this way about him. I was like, I got to go up there. I don't know how long I'll be here, but, you know, I, I can't turn that down. It's like if the Yankees called you. I don't know what you, you know, what uh, what's your team, but it looks like it might be the Yankees with that on your head. If the Yankees call, you answer. If the Lakers call, you answer. Like, if the Cowboys call, you answer. That's just, it, it, it is what it is. I'm not fans of any of those teams, Nate, if that's what you do. If the Yankees called me, it's probably be the water boy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to ask me to play on the field, okay? Nah, they call I, you, yeah, you're like, what I what I do? Nate, Nate, <laughs> you're, you're, that I don't know about. Nate, you're probably one of the only guests that's a little bit older than me, okay? And I, I how many you're what one year's old, one year older than I am. I mean, you're born January 9th, nineteen eighty one. I'm born April 29th, nineteen eighty two. So I, I mean, if the Yankees wanted to reach out to me and say I, they need me on the field, I'm going to tell them. Listen, if you want a guy that just had hip surgery, neck surgery, out on that field, get ready to watch a guy fall on his ass. Okay, I'm in pretty good you're shape, man. Go. Oh, you're still going to go. Yeah, and embarrass myself in front of my friends and my family. I mean, I'm, I might as well, I, uh, honestly, Nate, I might as well dance on the field with a man thong. I'd probably be better <laughs> off, and I'll probably sell to the people that way and try to go up to that plate and try to hit a 95 to 100-mile-per-hour fastball. I have no chance of trying to catch up to that ball. So I'm just speaking the truth. Maybe if I was playing wiffle ball, the Yankees want to hire me to be a wiffle ball player, I'd be pretty good because I could throw a nasty curveball or a spitball. You know, I, I, seriously, I, I could throw a nasty curveball with a wiffle ball. But uh, as a baseball player, not a chance. Uh, but I, 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 I agree with you. If the Yankees call on me. You want to pay me a couple? Listen, if the Yankees want to pay me $10,000 to, to step on the field and wave my little Yankee hat, then by, by golly, I'll do it. So. <laughs> So I want to. Yeah. Anyway, it was awesome, man. It was a good. It was a great time. A great experience. I'm very lucky to be up there. Yeah, I want to ask. I want to ask about the Seahawks. Uh, they had a lot of loud personalities on that team. Marshawn Lynch, the Legion of oh, Boom. Man. Yeah, literally everyone. That. Any interesting stories in your time there for any of those guys? Oh yeah, many interesting stories. But uh, no, Marshawn. I mean, Marshawn was one of my favorites. His locker was literally right next to mine. So. Uh, uh, like two over. So like every day before practice, you know, Marshawn takes a little sip of Hennessy. I think that's kind of public knowledge at this point, but it's confirmed and factual. Um, just stay loose out there. You know what I mean? Um, but like some of the cool stuff that people didn't see is like Marshawn and like Richard Sherman, these dudes that are super competitive, you know, kind of seen as villains in the league a little bit. They're out there coaching the rookies up, guys that are trying to take their jobs and they're out there like helping them. And I think that's that was really cool to see because it was just like you wouldn't think that you think like oh man that guy's trying to take food off your table like 
you're not going to help him out. You know what I mean? You don't want him around. It's it was complete opposite. And I was like, this is why this team's good. This is why this team wins. You know, they didn't all have first round draft picks. They had, I mean, some a lot. Richard Sherman, I think, was sixth round. Doug Baldwin was undrafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson was third round. You know, I mean, Marshawn, I think, was a first rounder, but you know, he was with Buffalo before. Yep. Came, you know, came around the wayside. Like it's all all these kind of stories were just. Uh, very interesting and just kind of different. I mean, that locker was crazy the year I was there, though, because it was those dudes. It was Jimmy Graham. It was Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas at safety. Um, Bobby Wagner, middle linebacker. Uh, just endless, dude. Endless. Uh, Michael Bennett, D-tackle. I mean, he's got like, a lot of like potential Hall of Famers. Did you ever have Skittles? Did you ever share Skittles with Marshawn Lynch? I mean, he seems to like that, too. Man, I wasn't going to take food off his table. I did, not, uh, I did not have any skits, but he was cool. He was honestly super cool, man. Like when I got cut, him, Sherman, you know, all these dudes, man, they, they were they were just like, they they hugging me and just like very appreciative um, of my time up there and just were grateful. And I was grateful to be there. So it was cool. We are talking to former, I'm sorry, U.S. Army uh, Green Beret, an actor and former Seahawks long snapper, Nate Boyer. And uh, obviously, you know, obviously the Colin Kaepernick thing, uh, I mean, all this craziness that happened that year and and Colin was, you know, speaking and he he was kneeling and, and a lot of the fans were attacking him and. And he was, you know, dis- supposedly disrespecting the United States because of kneeling to the national anthem. And he spoke very, very highly of you. Tell us a little bit about your connection with Colin Kaepernick and obviously what, why you supported Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I mean, look, I just, uh, I just support freedom of speech, freedom mm-hmm. of expression. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of what you believe, those symbols, the flag, the anthem, those mean something very special to me because of my time in the military. But not everybody has the same connection with those symbols as I do. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to sit down with him and kind of share some of my story. He sh- shared his, like why we felt the way we felt. We didn't agree on everything. Um, but we were able to have a respectful conversation and listen to one another. And, you know, as after our conversation that he started kneeling instead of sitting on the bench, you know, he was, he took it to account some of the things I said and wanted to respect the military. So I respected that. You know, and I always will because it's it's not for me. It's not about us all. Unity isn't about us all thinking the same way and believing the same things. It's us having genuine tolerance and uh, but also like being heard. You know, listening but also being heard and um, and 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 being respectful of one another. And that's it. And like that's that's something that he showed me. And you know, I hope I showed him in that same way. And and. and that's what it was all about. So I was proud of that, proud of that moment. And, um, you know, it, it didn't really have the effect maybe it could have because the news media, you know, the social media, whatever, all these things. It was, it's a very, we're in a very divisive time. It, it was back then in 2016, it still is today. So a lot of that got washed out because, like, you know, they don't want to report on those stories of, of people coming together. They just want to report on stories of, you know, people hating on one another. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting because we've also seen the impact it has had in other sports, too. We've mm-hmm. had uh, Bruce Maxwell, who was the first one to do it in MLB. We, he's been on our show three times, and he was talking about a lot of the yeah, same things you were talking about. And you definitely right. see the effect of it across other sports. So what do you think about it? Like, is it a positive impact? Do you think it's spreading even more? And what do you think is your thoughts on the overall influence of it? Yeah, I mean, 
you do when you see it like it's in the you know like in the freaking european soccer leagues you know <laughs> people doing it before the games it's wild um and I, I just hope that people understand why and 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 people i hope people understand that you know just because you um you you, you take a you take a knee doesn't mean you're anti america or anti-police or anti-military anything like that just because you stand with your hand on your heart it doesn't mean that you're you know anti uh, uh racial equality and these other things like i think it's silly that people see those things and they kind of group it into a certain thought and it's like no man like you can you can be patriotic and open-minded at the same time you can be you know you don't have to be a democrat or a republican i'm not either of them and uh, you don't have to be those things. You can be whatever you want. I mean, that's the great thing about America. That's what's supposed to be um, the special part of what you know makes us unique. And and you know, it's all about that Constitution and the First Amendment is that freedom of speech, freedom of expression. We are talking to U.S. Army Green Beret actor and former Seahawks long snapper Nate Boyer, first time on the Sports Loudmouth. And by the way. I, I love your 2018 film. Uh, you were a secret agent, uh, uh, and I love the movie Den of Thieves. Uh, it was a fantastic oh, yeah. movie. And what was it like being on a movie with some of the great actors that were on that on that movie? It was awesome, man. I mean, I, it was a great opportunity uh, for me. I, I had just done this other movie called Den, uh, excuse me, called Twelve Strong, about the first Green Berets kind of going um, going to Afghanistan after 9/11. And you know, the, I got to meet the director, Christian Gutigas of Ten of Thieves. And, um, you know, that was one of my first big acting gigs. And, and it was cool because I got to shadow him, too, and learn about filmmaking, learn about, you know, what it's like to be on the other side of the camera, too, which led me to eventually, you know, write and direct uh, MVP, which mm-hmm. is a movie based on our charity. Um, so for people that haven't seen MVP, it's on, it's on Paramount Plus. It's on Apple TV. Uh, prime all those places so fantastic by the way fantastic so, thank yep. you mm-hmm. thank you but it but it, I mean, the, the, the belief part of the belief of me being able to do that was from the guidance of christian uh Gutigas, who directed den of thieves and so that experience on that film and getting to yeah getting to, to be in scenes with you know with o'shea jackson jr uh which is ice cube's son and um pablo schreiber which is lee schreiber's brother and uh, 50 Cent, I mean, Gerard Butler, you know, getting to know him a little bit. Uh, it was it was awesome. Like, it was just a really cool experience. And, a lot. and by the way, the long shot uh, ESPN, the documentary about you was fantastic. I don't know if anybody has checked it oh, out. Thanks, brother. It is fantastic. And it's a great, you know, it follows who you are and what you've been through. And uh, it's a fantastic story. What was it like playing and, and being a Texas Longhorn, which is probably one of the most hated colleges around the country? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great, man. Austin's a great city. Uh, it's a really good university. I've never lived in Texas. I didn't really know anybody out there. So it was a new experience for me. But um, it was great. I mean, we weren't great when I was there. We're good now. But we kind of sucked when I played. Um but you know, the, just to just to run out of that tunnel, you know, hundred and two thousand people in the stands going crazy and play on that field, and, you know, really, really awesome. I'm excited for them moving to the SEC though. I can't wait to go to some of those road games. Well, I just want to let you know uh, if if you actually taught Tony Romo how to be a long snapper, hey, I, maybe the Cowboys <laughs> win a Super Bowl. I mean, oh, seriously. My God. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm just I'm just kidding. But uh, anyways, I, we really appreciate the time as always. You're fantastic, and I uh, if anybody if anybody hasn't seen the long shot, go check it out. ESPN put a, did a great documentary. Uh, of of Nate Boyer and 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 really it's just a fantastic story and uh, not only was he a U.S. Green Beret for six years he was a Seahawk he was an, he's an actor I mean he's doing everything he's directing I mean this guy is the king of just so many achievements and and keep up the good work we'd love to get you on again and 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 I'm just hang out and uh, you know and, and see what by the way did you have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? No, I'm a Niner fan. Ah. I'm a Niner fan. I, I did not. So I got my heart broken. It's all good. No, you know, it's so funny you said that because guess what? In just a few moments, we will be talking to a former chief, an all-pro fullback, Christian the Nigerian Nightmare Okoye. He's been on the show before. Oh, he's a legend. Yes, he is a legend. A legend. I, I'm going to calm it down over here because you're a 49er fan, and he is a Kansas City guy. So I don't, I don't want any you know, fighting. I mean, you are a Green Beret. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you got a madman who will run right through you and a guy that, you know, is very good with the gun, baby. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, we really appreciate yeah, the right. time, as always. You're fantastic. I, I love I love your story and uh, everything that you've done and, and where you are in your career and in your life is just an amazing story. And keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you guys. Mm. There you go. For the first time on the Sports Loudmouth, we were just talking to U.S. Army Green Beret actor and former Seahawks long snapper, Nate Boyer. So when we come back, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to the Sports Minute with our friend Tommy Scoops. But when we come back, we will be talking to former Chiefs, all-pro, fullback, yes, Kansas City Chief. I'm not a big Kansas City Chief fan, but I am a fan of his. Christian, the Nigerian Nightmare Akoye here on the Sports Loudmouth. This is the Sports Loudmouth Sports Minute. Are you ready to get loud? With Tommy Scoops. That is right. Here I am once again for another report of the Loudmouth Sports Minute. I am your guy, Tommy Scoops, to give you all the rundown. And for the current scoop right now, in NHL news, Connor Bedard, the Chicago Blackhawks center, and number one overall pick is set to return tonight against the Penguins. Bedard actually injured his jaw a couple weeks ago and is returning today. In other news for the NFL, the Seahawks are hiring former Rams assistant and pass game runner Jake Peets as the team's pass game coordinator for the Seahawks. In NBA news, Steve Kerr actually announced the benching of shooting guard Klay Thompson as this is the first time that Klay Thompson actually will sit on the bench for a game during since his rookie season. Shifting over to women college basketball, Caitlin Clark actually officially passed, passes Kelsey Plum for the all-time scoring leader list for the NCAA women's. Now, although the game is still currently going on, she currently sits at the top of the list with 3,528 points. Now for Scoops of Scores, where in the NBA, currently the only game going on right now is between Milwaukee and Memphis. Right now, Memphis has a 32-26 lead. And over in college basketball, two games are currently going on over there with Temple and FAU playing. FAU currently has a 76 lead, 76-68 lead with Minnesota and Purdue. Purdue currently has a 21-17 lead. That is currently all the time I have for you guys right now. I'm going to send it back over to the boys for their next guest, Christian Nikoi. This is the Sports Loud Mouth. 
631-672-3108 is the number to call. You're listening to the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey, and Sean Smith. Every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in and listen and check out all our local listings is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Thank you to former NFL long snapper Nate Boyer for joining us. First time on a show. Fantastic story. Really fantastic story. And a 49er fan. But now, ladies and gentlemen, a Kansas City guy. I know he has a smile on his face. I know he's happy that Patrick Mahomes brings home another Super Bowl that I want to throw up. But, ladies and gentlemen, we love this guy. He's been on our show before. We're now talking to former Kansas City Chief, all-pro fullback, Christian the Nigerian Nightmare Okoye. Christian, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. I've been listening, man. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank well, you. You're great, too. I mean, you look good, man. Your size, I mean, I watched you play uh, NFL football for many, many years. I couldn't – at that time, I was I was a Joe Montana fan, so I rooted for Kansas City. When he was there, I wanted Kansas City to win, but uh, they couldn't get to the Super Bowl. They, they got – I mean, you guys got – you got far into the playoffs, but you couldn't get over the hump. But this Kansas City Chief fan, this Kansas City Chief team is unbelievable. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is an incredible quarterback, incredible talent. But before we get into that, my questions to you, I know you were at Media Day. I saw you. You were there. You were enjoying the interviews or you were flexing. Uh, a couple of my guys actually interviewed you. I mean, du- dude, you still look like you could play in the NFL. You're, a, you're an am- amazing specimen. Tell us a, a little bit about Vegas and Media Day. Man, it was great. It was electric. I mean, uh, Le- Vegas know how to throw a party, you know. Uh, everybody was there. And, uh, you know, of course, before I got there, before the Super Bowl, I was looking forward to it because it's – very close to home. I live in Southern California, and uh, it was about time for uh, Super Bowl to be in Vegas, and it was there. NFL has been trying to avoid it, but it's there, and uh, it was the right time. So what are your thoughts on this whole uh, Taylor Swift impact on the Kansas City Chiefs oh, and what it's please, done for the NFL? Please, make me throw up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I mean, Taylor Swift is a very nice uh, performer. Mm. I see. She's a she's a celebrity. I mean, she she does all kinds of good. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with her. She doesn't do anything bad, so I can't really say anything wrong about her. And uh, of course, she's on our side, <laughs> so I love her. And uh, her boyfriend, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, I love him. He's just a great guy. Um, his attitude, I love. You know, his personality, I love. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong I can say about those two and the Chiefs. And the NFL, of course, is embracing it because she's just bringing a whole new um, fan base to the NFL and to the Chiefs. I have a billion reasons why I would love her, too, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) 
There you go. There you go. But, uh, yeah, listen, I, I, and I understand the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing. Everybody, all the Swifties were watching was the highest and most watched NFL Super Bowl of all time because maybe Taylor oh. Swift was there. I, I, hey, listen, all the Swifties were there. Usher was fantastic. It was a fantastic Super Bowl. It really was. I yes. just it, it just bothers me that Kansas City won. I, I'm just saying it. I it just bothered me. I'm I'm sorry, Christian. I know you're a Kansas City guy, but I, I just That's okay. They're like the evil empire. I'm a I've been a Yankee fan for the '90s. I watched the Yankees. Everybody pick on the Yankees for a year. Oh, the evil empire. You know who the evil empire right now in the NFL is it's Kansas City. My thoughts That's to right. what Travis Kelsey did to Andy Reid was despicable, okay? And and even Jason Kelsey came out after the game and said it could have been handled differently. What were your thoughts to Travis Kelsey not getting the ball as much as he wanted to in the first quarter, in the first half, that made him go crazy to, to even do what he did on the sideline with Andy Reid? Well, you know, I didn't like it myself. You know, when I saw it, I didn't like it. But, you know, if you have to you know, dive into it. Uh, it's just a, a bunch of emotions going on. Chiefs were down and, um, you know, he wants to get involved in the game and he was asking to uh, get him involved in the game, but he didn't do it the right way. He just did it with emotions. And um, you have to understand that Andy Reid is like a father to those kids, to those players, and they love Andy Reid. So there's nothing, nothing in the world that make Travis Kelsey do anything wrong to Andy Reid or get mad at him or anything like that. I mean, and Andy Reid even said it, you know, that is he understood that it was in, in the middle of emotional uh, game. So um, he just went overboard, and you know, he, he needs to you know hold back, hold hold himself back, and not do such a thing. That to everybody else, it looks bad, but to Andy Reid. He knows. It's like a father loving his kid. So the D word has been brought up now with three rings in five years. Dynasty. Is this the Patrick Mahomes was talking <laughs> about it in his postgame press conference. They want to create it. How optimistic do you think they can last for a long time for this Chiefs team? Because they won it in a way that you wouldn't expect this year with not as much offense, more defense this year. You know, I, I was telling everybody when the season was going on and they said, ah, the Chiefs can't make it. I'm saying, don't count them out. Don't count us out because the year before, if you remember, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill left and went to Miami and, and they said, oh, no, that's no more Kansas City. That's it. And uh, Mahomes just wheeled his team back to the Super Bowl and actually won the Super Bowl against one of the best offenses in the league uh, uh, in uh, Eagles last year. You saw the game and you saw how it happened, you know, coming from behind in the second half. Uh, just will the team into the uh, victory. The, the same thing happened this year because many people are saying that uh, we're saying that the Chiefs can't make it to the Super Bowl again. We, we played Miami before Miami game. People said that um, uh, Miami was going to run up and down the field and just destroy Kansas City. We beat them. We, go, we went off to uh, Buffalo and they said, oh yeah, now we face the Giant and, uh, <laughs> and Josh is going to kill us. you know. And then boom, we beat them. Going up to Baltimore, I said, okay, this is it. Kansas City's uh, season is uh, going to run into a wall. Bam, we beat them in Baltimore. This is all road games in the playoffs. And the Super Bowl came, and uh, people were saying that uh, foreign honors were too much. Strong defense, that the offense is just uh, magical, and so on and so forth. 
and we beat him. So he cannot put anything past Patrick Mahomes. He's a magic man. He's just one of those guys that you never know what he's going to do and when he's going to do it. So um, uh, we love him in Kansas City. Abracadabra, okay? The magic man, all right? Oh, That's right. God. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Uh, this Patrick this Patrick Mahomes talk is, is really getting me disgusted. As a Jet fan watching I the know. Jets, I, I mean, you, you see Aaron Rodgers run on the field with a flag, the lights shining on him. Oh, my God, this is a chance for us to go to the Super Bowl this year. Within four plays, the Achilles torn. <laughs> Our lights just completely shut off. But, hey, you know what? Patrick Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, so I'm happy about that. Oh, my God. We are talking to former Chiefs All-Pro fullback Christian, the Nigerian nightmare, Okoye. You know, Christian, you you watch the Super Bowl, and and you just wonder. I've watched Kyle Shanahan for years, okay? And I have been saying this over and over and over again. As an offensive coordinator, he was there for Atlanta against the the Belichick Patriots when they were up by uh, 20, over 20-some-odd points going into the fourth quarter. They were dominating, and all he had to do was run the ball. All he had to do, the number one running game in the NFL with Freeman and Coleman, all he had to do was run the ball, and he decides to to throw the ball with Matty Ice over and over and over and over again. And what happens? The Patriots come back unbelievably and, and come probably the biggest comeback in NFL history in the playoffs, and they win. And then against your Kansas City Chiefs five years ago, where, where, where I think, if I'm not mistaken, San Francisco was up by 11 points with four minutes and 50 seconds left of the game. And what does Patrick Mahomes do? He throws the ball, he scores a touchdown, and what does our friend Kyle Shanahan decide to do? Throw the ball with Jimmy G over and over and over and over again. And what happens? Guess what? The Kansas City Chief comes back and wins the game. And what <laughs> happens this year? I don't know. Now, let's see. The Kyle Shanahan 49ers offense, all they did in the first half of the game was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball to the best running back by far in the NFL. And then all of a sudden in the second half, all he had to do, all he had to do was run the ball and they win the game. And what does he do? He decides to throw with a rookie quarterback, a seventh-round quarterback, but everybody thinks he's better than Patrick Mahomes at one point this year, and absolutely throw the game away because, guess what? He didn't want to run the ball to Christian McCaffrey. What is going on with Kyle Shanahan? And then he fires Steve Wilkes after that defense performance (laughs) against Kansas City. What, is he on drugs? Has he lost his mind? Has John Lynch taken his hand out of his ass and used it as a puppet long enough? Come on, man. This is absolutely disgraceful. The 49ers are a joke. They're never going there again. Fire Kyle Shanahan. I want to throw up. Well, you know, he had to fire the defensive coordinator because somebody has to be blamed, you know. And they have to understand, this is the same guy that uh, built the defense. And, uh, you know, 49ers defense is a, a good defense. I mean, they held the Chiefs, uh, you know, to whatever. And uh, Mahomes was having troubles with him, you know. And uh, but they had to blame somebody, uh, like you said, Shanahan. He just completely screwed up, and they blame it on somebody else. That's what I see. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. But what I understand is, Chiefs won the Super Bowl. 
And I don't care what do you get a ring? Do you get a ring that you're you're so excited about? I mean, you should be getting every single year that they win a Super Bowl. You should be getting a ring. I mean, yeah, I got two. I got two rings already. You know, so oh, look at you! You get... get another one. <laughs> do you see this? Christian is actually in cahoots. That's what it is. That's what it is. He gets free rings. That's what it is. I should get a ring. I should get a ring. I'm talking to Christian Okoye. <laughs> I'm not a nightmare. And you also picked the Chiefs who finished third this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen. Okay. You're, you're, a, you're a Jets fan. You're a Jets fan. <laughs> you don't get a ring. You Hold on. Have, you guys have to go to the playoffs first. Oh. <laughs> He's attacking me now because I'm a Jet fan. Listen. I am sorry for all those fans out there sitting here and, and watching and listening to the show right now because Christian Okoye threw – you know, he threw a curveball at me. I am a Jet fan, unfortunately. But I do deserve a ring. I, I don't know if I deserve a Kansas City ring. I should get one beautiful ring by the NFL that says NFL and then hater. And then it just all in diamonds. <laughs> NFL hater. And that would be good. I'll wear that every single day. I'll just floss it over here. I'll put it on my middle finger. I'll put it on my middle finger so I can floss it to everybody every time. Look at this beautiful ring. F you. I'm never going to win a Super Bowl because I'm a Jet fan. Oh, my God. Man, I'm going to have a heart attack watching the Jets, okay? I am absolutely sick to my stomach. Every year, I, this is my year. This is my year. I mean, the Jets are have, have the longest – you know, drought of making the playoffs. The last time they were there was, what, 2010? I mean, it's been horrific watching the New York Jets. And then we get Aaron Rodgers, and I don't even want to get into the Aaron Rodgers thing. It makes me sick to my stomach. Let's get into fullbacks right now. And there's not many of them in the NFL, and one that plays for the 49ers. And uh, to yes. me, I, I think it's it's a position that is lost in the NFL. Why do you think it's been lost all these years? Well, because the league is a passing league now, so they don't need fullbacks anymore. Um, even, you know, fourth and one, they throw the ball. <laughs> you know, they used to run the ball fourth and one, third and one, goal lines. That used to be my game when I was playing. You know, that used to be a running game right there. You know, hand the ball to a running back and have Walter Payton jump over the pile, if you remember that. Mm. So it doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. It's a passing league, you know. Guys throw the ball times a game, 60 times a game, you know. Um, it used to be 25, 30 times. But now, <laughs> you just throw the ball more than uh, than they run the ball. So, um, that's what it is. And maybe, maybe because they just want to uh, save the bodies, you know, uh, avoid injuries or whatever. Uh, the league is completely changed. We don't see running game anymore. A bunch of peewees, okay? That's what it is. That's what it is. Pre-Madonnas. <laughs> the NFL has become a pre-Madonna game. I, I mean, you might as well have Taylor Swift play on the field. Well, why don't we just play flag football like we do in the Pro Bowl now, okay? Because that's what it Damn. is, baby. Yep. Tell them. Tell them, Christian. Let's rip their yep. damn heads off. Yep. <laughs> Let's show these guys what it is to play football. This is not European football. Yeah. We're, we're talking about NFL football. You know, the NFL wants to bring Europe a football team. They want to do that. Hey, you know what? How about they teach people how to kick people in the you-know-what? Believe me, Christian, if, if, he, if he could have permission to do that, he would hire you to the Jets on a, on a one-day contract just to truck Zach Wilson. That's what I would do. I want you to go to the Jets. I want you to smack the it. damn hell out of that kid, man. I mean, that kid, okay? 
I don't know what he is doing right now, but I hope he's listening to the show because I have Christian Okoye on the show. And Christian, I all I want you to do, I want you to put horns on the top of your helmet, and I, I'll, I'll tie him, I'll tie him to something, and you could just jam those horns somewhere. I mean, because this guy, for some reason, the only thing he's jamming is you know old women. So. I- <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's not going to be Taylor Swift, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no Taylor Swift for New York Jets. Oh, oh you, you don't believe there's a parallel universe where Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey breaks up and then Taylor Swift dates Aaron Rodgers? She does live in New York. <laughs> yes, long known Knicks fan, Taylor oh, Swift. That's right. <laughs> you know, I got to get Taylor on this oh, show. Man. I got to get Taylor on this show because if Taylor was on this show, she'd probably be dying laughing. And and by the way, I, I listen. I, I we've had uh, we we had Kenyon Barner on the show, and he he tried to call me out. He's like, I know I'm a DJ, by the way, and I know you know you listen to Taylor Swift. You're a, you're a, you're a you're a fake non Taylor Swift fan. You're a, you're undercover a, Swifty. I think uh, was the word. Undercover Swifty. That's what he called me. And I said I am not a Swifty. And then he starts naming albums and songs by Taylor Swift. I'm like, who the hell is an undercover Swifty now? It's you, Kenyon. So I, I I'm just telling you, I, I do not listen to Taylor Swift. I am not going to sing any of her songs. And by the way, I have done many many parties where people told me. Just Taylor Swift. Just Taylor Swift. And every single time I am mixing Taylor Swift songs, I'm yawning behind the DJ booth. Okay? I, I, I'm not going to say she's not a beautiful woman. I'm not going to say she's not an entertainer. I'm not going to say that many little girls want to be her. But, to, hey, listen. There's a billion reasons why I wouldn't mind dating her. <laughs> hey, listen, I give a shout-out to Travis Kelsey. He's, he's doing a smart thing. I don't care what anybody says. As, as beautiful as Taylor Swift is, he knows what he's doing, baby. I, I'm, I'm going to give him credit for that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give him a high five. Good job, baby. Good job. 87. <laughs> number 87. I, I'm loving it. I mean, Travis Kelsey is not one of my favorite players, but I can tell you this right. I love his new height show. I love his personality. I just don't love that he's a Kansas yeah. City Chief. I'm sorry. I just don't. I'm sorry. Well, who do you, who do you want him to play for? Come the Jets. Jets. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a better chance of, you know, eating horse crap like all the Eagle fans do. <laughs> yes, because that is your second team, so of course you won. <laughs> Listen, just play, I love it. do I love something. It. Do something, man. It's, I, it's so funny. It's so funny how, mm. you know, when 49ers were winning, you remember way back when 49ers mm. were winning all the Super Bowls and people hate them for it. You know, and then, of course, new, uh, uh, the Patriots started winning Super Bowls and people who hated uh, the, uh, uh, the Patriots and uh, Tom Brady and stuff like that. Now the Chiefs are winning and everybody's hitting the Chiefs. Why is that? Well, they're you know, the evil empire. You... They're evil. <laughs> they're evil. They're wearing red. I mean, what is the well, I mean, what does the color red stand for? Devil. They're the devil. That's what they are. I mean, honestly. I mean, every time I look at those red jerseys, it reminds me of the devil. Look, I got the devil on my oh, arm. Devil. Look, there he is. He's flying away. It's not. Listen, I, 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 I just don't like the red color. And by the way, as a Jet fan, who names their team Gang Green? Okay? Who names their team Gang Green? 
the Jets. Okay. Well, what kind of name is Gang Green? I mean, who wants Gang Green? I mean, I lose my leg. I lose my foot. How about this? I've lost my brain being a Jet fan all these years. Gang Green. Gang Green, ladies and gentlemen. You want to root for somebody? Root for a team named Gang Green. That's what I choose when I'll I was five what, years old. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict that uh, Aaron Rodgers will be healthy next year and you guys will go to the playoffs. How's that? Well, thank you. I mean, going to the playoffs would be nice, but how about winning a Super Bowl? I don't know. I mean, seriously, that's what I want to see. Going to the playoffs is not enough for me anymore. I, I, listen, <laughs> when you have a coach, the last time you know, coaching your team, taking you to AFC team, uh, AFC game called Sexy Rexy. It says a lot about who your team is, okay? All right. And I, I'm just, <laughs> as a Jet supporter, and I, I'm not even going to make a joke here, I, I just, I can't see it. I, I mean, it's it just, when you have a guy like Robert Sala, I think he's, I, I don't think he's a head coach in the NFL. That's just a fact. I, I don't. I'm not saying he's not a good defensive coordinator. By the way, he actually was a tight end when he played college ball. He wasn't even a defensive coordinator. So we got a tight end who's a defensive man. So that that's great, by the way. Mm. And and then you, you have a team that just, no matter how much talent they have, and for years they've had great talent and Hall of Famers, they still can't get over the hump. So how could I sell myself to believe that Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the, t- play the game, will ever lead my team to the playoffs, a.k.a. slash to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 59? I'm just going to tell all the Jet fans, I'm going to be very, very nice about it. It's not going to happen. It's not. <laughs> I've, I've, no, come no. To the, I've come to the conclusion it's not going to happen. Christian, I am just <laughs> – I'm in a nightmare. Listen – I'm talking to a nightmare, and I'm in a nightmare. A nightmare that for over 41 years I have been absolutely not even shocked, just told by everybody that is a Jet fan, this is our year. This is our year. This is our year. And every single year at the end of the season, seven wins, six wins, five wins, Three wins, two wins, draft pick, draft pick, draft pick. Suck, 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 suck. Free, free suck. agents that don't do well with you and then go back to the Chiefs and do well in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it doesn't matter who we bring in. We bring in, we bring in guys that got to the Super Bowl. Neil O'Donnell, who went to the Super Bowl the year before with Pittsburgh, he comes to the Jets. He sucks. Okay, could we go up and down the rosters of this? crazy green whatever green goblin team that i just get sick i'm gonna have a heart attack on this live radio show every time i think about gang green i think about just absolute garbage all right that's all it is it's you know when you take a dump okay when it comes out green what do you think i think of my team i think of my team (laughs) i i think about dirty Crap. I never, I never, I never seen a green dump though, man. Oh, you've never seen oh, a green dump. Oh, oh, listen, I'm going to tell you how you get a green dump. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, this is very easy. Okay, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to sell this to all the fans. Don't do this, ladies and gentlemen. Don't eat a steak dinner and then an hour or two hours later because you're hungry have a bowl of cereal. If you do that, I'm telling you, you're going to see something green come out of your behind. Speedy, don't do it. But you look like a person. Way too much information. I mean, have you ever had a green dump? Uh, I don't know because I don't analyze my dumps. You've never looked at your dumps? Come on. Not to the extent I'm like, oh, what color is this? (laughs) (laughs) 
that's the real nightmare right there. Green dumps. Gang greener. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, anyways. It, it's in the Jets franchise uh, history. Uh, man, I, I mean, just speaking about the Jets makes me sick. I mean, we're not even – Christian Okoye is not even a Jet. I mean, it, it, he would have been a great Jet. I mean, he look, he would look good in green. He would. I, I don't think he would want to wear green, but hey – I mean, I, I think he'd be a pretty good fullback right now for the Jets since we haven't had a fullback since, I don't know, 1972. So there you go. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> like we told you, one-day contract is just truck Zach Wilson. <laughs> Listen, knowing Woody Johnson, he'd probably hire you. <laughs> just tell Woody, listen, we're speaking to Christian Okoye. This guy was an all-pro fullback, a Hall of Famer. Let's do do me a favor, man. I mean, uh, let's bring back Neil. Uh, let's bring back. I don't know. Uh, let's go back in time. Let's bring back Peyton Manning. Let's bring back Qu- uh, Christian Okoye. Let's bring back. Uh, I don't know. Uh, give me give me a good wide receiver here. Marvin Harrison. Bring us Marvin Harrison. Now that his son's coming out of the draft. Uh, who else, Speedy? Who do we need? Reggie Wayne. Tony Gonzalez. Tony <laughs> Gonzalez. Here we go. Another you know Kansas City Chief. Give me another one. Give me another one. Oh, let's see. For the offensive line, we'll, we'll bring in uh, Will Shields. Jerry Rice. There's a good one. Jerry Rice. There you go. Uh, Jonathan Ogden on the offensive line. Joey Porter. Let's go. Let's bring all these veteran old men back out. They'll probably put up better numbers than my team. Maybe they'll bring back John Abraham again. Why not? John Abraham should be a Hall of Fame. Yep. Oh, my God, man. I I just, listen, being a Jet fan is just, it, it sickens me. I mean, I could see why all you Kansas City guys are just loving it. You're adoring it because I, when you see something like this, it's not, it's, it's inhuman. It's inhuman, okay? You guys, and, 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 and listening to your, your boy, Patrick Mahomes. By the way, what kind of, what kind of person is Patrick Mahomes? I'm, I know you've met him a couple times. What kind of person is Patrick Mahomes in person and even offset? Is he a cocky guy? Is he a guy that stands out? and? No. No? No, he's not cocky. I mean, they, they love him in Kansas City. He does a lot of uh, charity work. Has his, you know, his foundation in Kansas City does a lot of work in Kansas City area and uh, not a khaki guy at all. He, this is the guy that says all the uh, right things and does all the right things. And, you know, I mean, there's nothing, nothing bad about that guy. And um, that's why he's loved everywhere. I, I do love Andy Reid's beautiful mustache, man. That mustache, especially when it was in <laughs> Buffalo. No, was it? I guess no, it was it, home against it, the Miami. It was Miami. Yeah. I mean, the the frost that was yeah. coming off that that mustache of his that that was superb, man. I I have to get a picture of that baby. I mean, I got to reach out to Andy and, 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 and interview him. I mean, I love Andy Reid. I followed him with the Eagles. I, he he drafted my guy Donovan McNabb. It was one of my he was my favorite player growing up. Even though I was a yeah. Jet fan, I followed Donovan and uh, Andy is a guy that I respect. I love him as a person. He's a good person. I never even ever had a full conversation with him. I did meet Andy Reid. I said hello and I said I'm a big fan of yours, but I'm not one of those guys that you know oh sweat all over a guy because I seen him because you know listen. And Andy Reid doesn't want anybody sweating on him. I mean, he loves his hamburgers. He loves his hot dogs. He loves his steak dinners. Yeah. I know he does. I mean, and he loves getting thrown, you know, after he wins the Super Bowl, he loves those Gatorade uh, showers, as we just see right, right here in the picture. So, yeah. uh, hey, listen, man. Uh, Christian, you're a fantastic personality. You should be on radio, okay? You should be on radio. should be on television. <laughs> I mean, by the way, how's your daughter doing? I mean, you should reach out to Taylor Swift. I mean, seriously. Hook her up, baby. Hook her up. I know. I know, huh? I never thought about that. I, I have to do that. Come on, man. Listen, I'll be your agent. Thank- 
I'll be your agent, okay? There you go. Hire me. <laughs> I will be your agent. I have this this prestige power in my hands. I mean, it, it's it, they're small hands, but they they've got power. I mean, somewhat, uh, you know. I but <laughs> I hey, can see that. Yeah, listen. I, I have very small hands, by the way. Big feet, small hands. I don't know what that tells you. I don't know if that's going to sell anything to you. But <laughs> for the women, it might sell you something, and for the men, I don't know. Speedy, you tell them whatever you can sell to them. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you look at Speedy's face? Uh, like... <laughs> this is worse than the draft debate about hand size. <laughs> Could you imagine my small hands as a quarterback in the NFL? I think every time I try to throw the ball, it'll fall out of my hands. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyways, Christian, I don't want you to have a heart attack, but you should reach out to Taylor Swift. And uh, your daughter's a great singer. I know she should be singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. I Listen, Reba was good. Reba was good. And, and I love Stapleton last year. But I think I want to see another Okoye sing the national anthem. How about this? Could, give me, you. Could, could you could you give me a, a note? Could, do you have anything for me? Uh, give me one of your notes. No. Could I you hit a note? I don't. I don't have any. <laughs> I, I mean, I could hit a note, Not but me. I don't want to scare. I, 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 I used to hit like a Mariah Carey note, uh, but I, that was when I was like oh. 13. Yeah, I could hit the Let's note. Let's hear it. I can't Let's do it anymore. It. Listen to this scratchy I, I voice. I want to hear it. Listen. We need time travel to exist first. <laughs> Listen. I, I wasn't a choir boy, man, but I can hit notes. But, you know, now if I hit a note, I, I'll tell you the only way I hit a note is in some other way. So I'm not going to say it on national radio. But uh, I can hit notes, man, but only in specific times. Speedy, do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> I don't want, I don't know if I want to know. I'd rather go for the time travel theory. We'll go back in time to when you were 13 so you could hear, we could hear you sing like Mariah Carey. <laughs> I didn't say I could sing like her. I said I could hit a note like her. Okay. All right, so I never said I could sing like Mariah. Could you imagine a guy singing like Mariah Carey? No. I mean, seriously. I, I was more of a Whitney Houston guy. No. I, I was more of Whitney Houston. I, I, I definitely loved her. National <laughs> anthem. Probably the greatest national anthem I've ever heard was Whitney Houston. So. Yes, I agree. <sighs> but anyways, Christian, we love you, man. Um, we, we definitely want to get you. you on the show Thank again. You. And uh, listen, I'm going to reach yeah. out to the Jets. If you, if you want me to be your agent, I can do that. I can reach out to Taylor if I can actually get to her. Maybe you have a better chance to get her. You're, you're friends with Travis. Reach out to Travis, okay? You're hired. You're hired. You're hired. I'm hired. Listen, Christian is hiring me. I, I, I feel good, all right? I have an ex-fullback, all-pro fullback, asking me to be his agent. And I'm hired. I, I, who's better than me right That's now? Right. Listen, I can hit high notes. I can do everything. I've got small hands, knowing that I can't even throw a football anymore. And I've, uh, you know, I have a hip problem, a neck problem. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a hip anymore. But you know, I don't want to get into that. Anyways, Christian, you're fantastic. Keep up the good work. Uh, and by the way, uh, you you met a couple of guys that I know, and you interviewed with them, and they all said you're a fantastic guy. And we know you personally because you've been on the show before. I, just everything that you do on and off, you know, since since you've retired from the NFL is fantastic. And and again, I, I want to see your daughter sing the national anthem at an NBA playoff game or an NBA finals mm. or an NFL Super Bowl or playoff game. Come on. Let, let's reach out to Kansas City. Come on. What's going on with you guys? All right. All right. All right. <laughs> let's hear those notes. My daughter, sang a, my daughter sang national anthem in Kansas City a couple of years ago. Mm. And he's and she sang a national anthem for the uh, 
for the Dodgers too because um, I, I'm the head of the California Sports Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lasorda was inducted and he comes to uh, to my event and heard my daughter sing national uh, national anthem in my event and requested her to come and sing at the Dodgers and she did and they loved her. So I yeah. love her too. Awesome. I don't even know her and I love her. I mean, she's an Okoye. There you go. <laughs> I mean, tell tell her I love her. But it's, uh, it's, you can sing will, a national anthem whenever you want, baby. You can sing it to me. <laughs> Anyways, we love you, Christian. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. God bless you. you. Christian Okoye. Oh, all right. All right. Hold up on that. Hold up on that. Hold up. <laughs> I, I tell you, if the Chiefs play the Jets in the playoffs next year, I'm telling you, I'll be there. You better be there. We'll 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 be there together. Of course, we'll I'll stand. be there. Okay. Well, yeah. well, well you'll in have Kansas to invite City, me. Of course. I have to be your guest. Okay. You have to invite me. Kansas yes. City. What are you What are you talking about? How about uh, MetLife in that crappy stadium? You're implying the Jets are going to host a playoff game. I, I'm implying. <laughs> I, I'm implying. I just pray that they make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, baby steps. One thing at a time. <laughs> Screw you, Speedy. All right. That's baby steps. I mean. The only baby steps I'm going to do, I'm not going to do, Speedy, you do like hens. You do. Oh, my God. Enough with the hens. <laughs> I haven't been to a farm in who knows how long. I need to play. I like hens. Well, you're the one who was cuckooing all day yesterday, weren't you? I don't know what you were hearing. <laughs> Anyways, Christian. Oh, there it is. Pop it up. Pop it up. Show Christian what we oh, got over here. There it is. <laughs> Christian, I'm sorry you have to be exposed to these juvenile antics. Christian, I, I just want to say something. We, I, I, I watched something yeah. on TikTok a couple of days ago, and I watched this guy. No bullcrap. He had hard-boiled egg. It was in its shell, all right? He was sticking this hard-boiled egg in his ass, okay? And it was oh. his, his boy was standing like five feet away, standing right behind him while he was shooting him out to him. Shooting out to him, and it, the shell didn't even crack. I've never seen anything like it. So I asked Speedy, would you stick a hard-boiled egg in your ass, or would you stick uh, – I, I gave him all different things. And you know what he told me? I would stick a crayon in my ass. <laughs> wow. Look at his face. <laughs> and, and I said, what oh, color? I asked him what color. He tells me the blue one. And I said, why blue? Because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the color blue. <laughs> oh, you know. Way too much information. So we, we're sorry to be exposed to those yeah, antics. Christian, right. we love you, man. That's why we told you. I mean, you're you're open, you're yeah. I mean you're I mean you've probably heard crazier things in the locker room, haven't you? I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Mm. I, I think I have. Mm. Well, yeah. listen. But you guys are great. Well, you thank guys you. Are great. Thank you, my friend. And thank we, we so think much. you're great, too, man. And keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon, bro. Uh, and by the way, give a shout-out to your daughter. I'm looking forward to seeing her sing the national anthem at a Super Bowl. All right. Thank you, guys. Christian, the Nigerian nightmare. I Listen, I think he probably thinks I'm a nightmare, too. Listen, anyways, uh, it's been great. He's fantastic. Yes. Is. He is. I love Christian. Oh, yeah. Did you like that speech? I absolutely did. Did you, do, do, do you like that enthusiasm, that love and compassion? Are you, are you feeling it tonight? The passion he has. Are you feeling? No, no. How about the passion that I have? Oh, I knew. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, give me some of that passion tonight. 
Give me that that raw. That raw. Come on, power. Raw. All right, Daniel, you're scaring the hell out of me. Right exactly. Now, you know, Why I'm back to humiliation. What do you have, like a devil inside of you? What the hell was that? I don't know. I mean, that was scary right You want to do some supernatural thinking? Go do ahead. you want me to do some supernatural? You can think it all you want. I'm... I mean, I can think a lot of things. I yeah, mean... I know. <laughs> Thanks for noting. <laughs> Woj reports that the 76ers pursued several superstar players at the trade deadline. Daryl Moore reportedly... Uh, reportedly uh, was most actively pursuing LeBron James. But LeBron said he was committed to the Lakers at least for the last year of his contract. The 76ers also inquired about all three of the Sun stars, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. Woj also also reported that LeBron wanted to uh, wanted the Lakers to pursue Joel Embiid in a trade before Embiid got hurt. Embiid will miss at least four weeks with a meniscus injury, and the 76ers ultimately made a trade for Buddy Heald with the Pacers. The Lakers are currently ninth in the Western Conference, while the Suns and the 76ers are currently both fifth place in respectable contra- conferences. H- here's what I'm going to say about this. Obviously, we know James Harden is not a Daryl Morey fan. <laughs> uh, what I would say about the 76ers is they, they were never trading Joel Embiid. They were never trading Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid, over the last couple of years, he's come out and, and thrown the 76ers under the bus in many different aspects. Uh, the Ben Simmons story, I mean, at the end of Ben Simmons' uh, tenure with the 76ers, it wasn't a good one. Uh, Doc Rivers, uh, obviously, was run out. Um, one of the main reasons why he was run out of the 76ers, even though he was there longer with Ben Sim- before Ben Simmons was traded, he was there still longer. I just think that Ben Simmons w- was one of the reasons why it w- didn't work out with Doc Rivers in the se- with the 76ers. I just think that this team, I don't think Joel Embiid was a big fan of Nurse when they brought him in. Um, that was a big problem. He wasn't the guy that I think Joel Embiid wanted. And usually you listen and you, you, you ask your superstar player what, which coach he wants, what type of players he wants to be playing with, be playing with. They bring in James Harden. They thought, hey, James Harden's going to be here for a long time. He was there for what? A year and a half, two years. He gets, you know, he he wants out because he doesn't like Daryl Morey. Uh, he goes over there to the L.A. Clippers. We'll see how long it lasts over there. <laughs> uh, probably not long, uh, because he doesn't get along with people, as we know Kyrie Irving doesn't either. But I I just think when you look at the 76ers, this is an organization that just fails every single year. They're honestly, for for years, the New York Jets of, of basketball. And for years, draft pick after draft pick, top five pick after five pick. And, and Joel Embiid finally was finally a first-round pick, who, by the way, wasn't the number one pick. He was the third pick of the draft. Yep. That turned out to be the right pick. I mean, Nerlens Noel, failure. He was <laughs> a third pick. Ben Simmons, number one pick, failure. And don't forget about the great Jaleel Okafor. <laughs> Jaleel Okafor from Duke. Uh, he was the second pick, failure. I mean, we could go up and down the draft stock and the draft picks that the 76ers had over the years, and even some of the veterans they brought in. They bring in Harris. He's been an absolute joke. They give him $160 million, uh, probably one of the most overrated players we've ever seen in the NBA. And I'm going to say this. Harris is not a good player. 
I, I, he, you give him a max contract, and I'll, I'll tell you this. He's not a nice guy. I met him in Huntington. He's from Long Island. He's not a nice person. I'm not a big fan of him. But this organization has been an absolute joke. And I, I just – I believe that, honestly – Joel Embiid is going to want out of this organization probably in the next two years because no, I will pre- I will I will repeat this: no superstar player in their prime is going to want to play here. Nobody, okay. And the fact that jo- they think that LeBron James was that he was he's a good piece or a piece that they can bring in to play with Joel Embiid that's not going to happen because why would LeBron James go to the 76ers when? The 76ers are in the Eastern Conference right now, and the East is, I think, top more top-heavy and better than the West. Yeah, they got six good teams, really, if you think about it. I, I, why would he want to go back to the East? I mean, when he was in the Eastern Conference, there was a reason why he was in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> because the Eastern Conference sucked. Yep. Now you have the Eastern Conference. It's changed. It's transitioned into the better conference. And the West is really three three team top heavy, really. Right, Maybe two four. young teams that might emerge. We'll Maybe see with OKC. Maybe and the why would he want to yeah. come? Why would he want to come to the Eastern Conference? He doesn't stand a chance. Even with Joel Embiid, he doesn't stand a chance. He has Anthony Davis. How much better is Joel Embiid than Anthony Davis? I mean, honestly, what is it? Six points better. I mean, rebounds, they're probably the same. And Embiid's probably a better passer. Rebounds, yeah. I would say. Anthony Davis is better when he's healthy. Anthony Davis is yeah. a better defender. Yeah. So. I mean, why would he want to go to the 76ers? What makes the 76ers better than the Lakers? I mean, both teams don't have a bench. Both teams really don't have a third or fourth type of player that you could build your team around. Unless LeBron has good connections with all the other old guys they traded for in the James Harden Maybe they should just have Daryl Morey play. I mean, seriously. I This team is just an absolute joke. And I, I, I just I can't see the Lakers getting Joel Embiid either. I mean, what do the Lakers have that would bring Joel Embiid to that team? Yeah, they don't have draft stock. They have, like, one. And and, and honestly, both players, Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, you can't even trade both. I I mean, Joel Embiid's a better player than Anthony Davis, so you're going to have to add more. What are you going to give up to seal the deal? And if you get Joel Embiid, does that make you that much better of a team? Not really, because you have to trust that he could stay healthy, too. Now, Embiid, I think, at this point, does more with the basketball scoring-wise. But Anthony Davis can still score. And Anthony Davis can still shoot the three. And like you said, when he's healthy, he's a better defender, shot blocker, rebounder. And the Lakers are still lacking depth. They're still lacking perimeter scoring, which is their biggest issue. Joel Embiid doesn't necessarily solve that. So the Lakers would just be trading star for star and kind of been stuck in the same place. Because it's not like Joel Embiid can carry a team just like with one with everyone else hurt on his own either because they're not winning without him. All right, Fish, come in. I want I want you in, Fish. I I, I I'm going to go into the All Star game, and the only thing that really stands out to me is the slam dunk competition and the three point competition. And the Knicks have one guy for both. They have Jalen Brunson in the three point comp- competition, and they have a Toppin. Yes, it's not Obi Toppin. Yep, <laughs> it is. Speedy? Jacob Speedy. Toppin. No, 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 it's not Jacob. It's Jake Toppin. Say it, say it clearly here. Jake. Jake. Come on. Jake. 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 Let's all do it. Jake. Come on, all of us. Come on. Come on. Jake. One more time. With, 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 with enthusiasm, boys. Jake. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Toppin, baby. I would love to see him win the slam dunk competition. Something that his brother couldn't do. Okay? His brother couldn't do it. So, 
Uh, but I, I want to know your opinion. Why is the NBA All-Star Game so friggin' boring? Is it because Adam Silver is the commissioner of the sport and he's an absolute joke? Or just the NBA is just a joke of an organization and they don't know how to run the festivities? And why would you put the All-Star Game in Indianapolis? Why would you do that in the middle of winter where snow is and it's cold and it's snowy? You put it in Vegas. You put it in uh, you put it in Miami. You put it in Texas. You put it in L.A. I mean, why would you do it in lonely green bush of a state like Indiana? I, I got no answers for you on the Indiana one, man. I, but you do for James Greenbush, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I but, mean, that's you know, as far. Yes. What would yeah, be what would but, be, what would be your porno name, by the way? I never asked you that. Uh, is you're gonna like this one? Mm. It's uh, Samuel Jumano. Samuel Jumano. <laughs> That's like a serial killer name, more so than a porn name. I'm Joseph uh, Washington. <laughs> but the Greenbush, James Greenbush. <laughs> That's that full on right there. <laughs> The others <laughs> might have made it to Skinamax. I don't know. But Ladies not, and not gentlemen, me. please introduce yourself, James Greenbush. And the bush pops out. Right? That's the first scene. All right, listen, he doesn't shave over there, so it would be a bush. I don't know if it's green. Speedy, is it green over there? That would be concerning if it was green. <laughs> that would imply there's some kind of infection there. Well, well who knows with you? I mean, uh, you know, I, I do have something for you. I do what does have. that have to do with anything? I don't know. I mean, if it is green over there, I have something. I don't you. care. I it's have, not green. I have Hennessy or alcohol that we could pour on top of it. It will burn it away, baby. It will burn it away. Marshawn Lynch likes Hennessy. Yes, he does. I mean, do you like Hennessy? I never had it, actually. You've never... Speedy never had Hennessy. Is this a miracle? Is this a miracle? Anyways, I mean, uh, by the way, Speedy's uh, porn name would be James Greenbush, because uh, you know that's that is a wonderful name. Speedy, you like that, right? You don't like? You know, I'm not gonna embrace anything that's considered a porn name. <laughs> Why? You don't want to be a porno star? Every uh, other God guy no. wants to be a porno star. God you no. Why? Why? <laughs> I'm embracing no. something where I get naked for somebody else's benefits in a video. Benefit? Well, hold on. What benefit for a video? It would be your benefit to be in that. Porn. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I listen. I I would love to see you in a porn. I'm sure you would. You <laughs> you acting out. You have a hen in your hand and you're walking into the house with a hen <laughs> with a hen in your hand. <laughs> And you meet one of those beautiful young ladies sitting on the bed, and come. She pats on the bed, and you have you put your head between you put your head between you and whoever that's sitting on the bed, and you're rubbing you're rubbing the head as it, it's it's quiet. Whatever the what do they do? They what 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 do heads do? What do they do? I'm not catering. Gobble. They gobble like clock. Okay. <laughs> Well, if, if, if hi, I have some eggs to deliver. <laughs> you sound like a very undercover delivery driver. <laughs> Does anybody have any crayons here? <laughs> I heard you like them over easy. <laughs> 
Over well, easy crayons. That's interesting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but getting into the All Star game. Well, yeah. what what stands out to you? Hmm. I got. I think. I think we just watched media like media week, media day in the NFL, and I think the NBA All Star game hmm. is what if. It was just like a media week level intensity game. Mm. It's like it there. It's such like a show. It's not the intensity is nothing compared to like an NBA game. Even it's like maybe not even on par with the preseason game. It's every once in a while the guys get into it. Kobe famously that one year, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think Iverson too one year as yep. well. Yep. You know, and Jordan a couple of times, obviously when he was still going strong. But it, for a long time. It's just like, you know, they don't care until, you know, the last part of the fourth quarter. It's hard it, to watch. It really is hard to watch. It's to watch. This, the slam dunk contest is everything, and that hasn't been great recently either. No. And I could care less about any of the toppings. I don't know. I, I just watched, uh, you know, the Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart have a new podcast. Mm-hmm. They were talking about, you know, uh, uh, Jalen Brunson goes, you know, there was one guy on our team that would cheat at cards. I'm not going to name any names. Uh, Obi Toppin. <laughs> and they just threw him immediately under the bus. Yeah, they didn't like him that much. And now his brother's on the team uh, in the G League. And, you know, it's one of those guys, like, in baseball, we call him quadruple A type of a thing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he's going to be able to play. But, you know, they gave it to a G League guy in the dunk contest last year, yep. right? Uh, so, you know, maybe they'll do it again. Uh, pretend the Knicks won something. You know, McClung is making a career just based on the dunk contest because he's not a very good NBA player. Despite being a really good college player for those terrible Georgetown He could dunk, man. For a white boy, he could dunk, man. I (laughs) mean, I've never seen anything like it. But, you know, honestly, when you look at the All-Star game and All-Star festivities in the weekend, you want to see the celebrity game uh, because you get a chance to see Kevin Hart prance around, all five foot five of him. Running around trying to talk crap and uh, and I, I think that he's like some kind of like superstar basketball player like uh, I don't know Muggsy Bogues or something like that, but it, it's just absolutely a joke. And then obviously to me I the skills competition watching all these you know point guards and stuff like that. So I I, I love watching that, but there is a story that I wanted to get into before we we get off and and uh, it is a story that uh, is starting to irk me. Okay. TNT's uh, Candace Parker doubling down on Jalen Brunson uh, and the controversy of what she said. And I'm going to read this quickly. So uh, if you people, if people don't know what happened and what Candace Parker said, and I don't know if you guys know who Candace Parker is. She's a two time MVP of the WNBA. Uh, Candace Parker accepts the backlash from the Knicks fans over her recent hot takes of Jalen Brunson, calling it hers. Uh, first taste of welcome to the NBA comment- uh, commentating with the diehards. The TNT analyst, the two-time NBA, WNBA MVP, also stands by her opinions, saying Tuesday that it is it was no slight on Brunson to suggest it's difficult for an NBA team to win a title with a smaller guard as its leading player, and that she believed that he didn't play as well in the second round of the playoffs last spring against the Miami Heat as he had in the opening round against the Cleveland Cavaliers. First of all, I'm going to be very, very nice to Candace Parker, and I understand why the NBA loves her, and I understand why she's a personality uh, for the NBA and the WNBA. I honestly don't want to hear her thoughts about Jalen Brunson. 
Jalen Brunson deserves more credit for being a second-round player, a guy that was drafted, won not one, but two national champions championships. Let me ask you, Miss Parker, did you ever win a national championship? Did you? Now, you won MVPs, and uh, that congratulations to you. Honestly, when you look at what Jalen Brunson has done in his career, it is remarkable, okay? And for what he is doing as a New York Knick player, at his size, and really in Madison Square Garden where the pressure is most in the NBA. There's more pressure put on your shoulders than any other place. That's why they call it the world's most famous arena. That's why LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, every single player in history, top player in history says Madison Square Garden is the best to place to play basketball. When you hear somebody like Miss Candace Parker come out and say that the Knicks uh, can't win because he's a smaller point guard and he is not the type of player you can win uh, and win a championship around. Let me ask you a question. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson never won a championship, but he took his team not once but twice to an NBA Finals. Was Allen Iverson that tall? Allen Iverson was six foot two, six foot three. How tall is Jalen Brunson? Six foot? Six one? So for her to come up and, and say that about a small point guard and you can't win with a small point guard, if I go back all those years with great teams that had great point guards, John Stockton, was he a big point guard? John Stockton was what? Six foot at best? Six one? Uh, how good was the Utah Jazz? Let me ask you I that question. Here, Iverson six foot even and uh, Brunson's actually six two. There you go. Allen Iverson took a team all the way to a championship. And by the way, a really bad team. Derek Coleman, Eric Snow. If I go through those rosters, Dikembe Mutombo at the end of his career. I mean, him throwing his little finger. I mean, come on, man. I, I, for her to come out and say that, I mean, go do your research before you speak, lady. I mean, honestly, respect you as a woman's basketball player. I respect you as an NBA analyst. I really do. I really, really do. But when obviously you don't like the Knicks. Obviously, maybe because you used to date or you were married to a Nick. How about that? Maybe that's the reason why you don't like the Knicks. But and we've seen this year in and year out forever. Charles Barkley always take and shoot down the New York Knicks. Oh, they're not good. They're not any good. I mean, Kenny Smith, he grew up a Nick fan, but for some reason he says the Knicks can't win with a small point guard. And he's the only he's always this he's always going to be the second best player on the court. He'll never be the best player, which is a false, you know, a false statement, by the way. And I, you know, all of, for, for years, everybody taking shots at this organization. Finally, this organization is winning. And, you know, you have people that should not be speaking for any reason about this team and this organization of what success they've had, because finally they have some success and everybody wants to bring them down. I, I, I just think it's despicable. I, I think that TNT, you know, I, I understand why TNT, you know, they, they bring in these personalities. They have all these different personalities working the table. And I listen, I respect Candace Parker as an, a WNBA player. I really do. I think she's one of the greatest WNBA players to ever play the game. But when, when you come out and you take shots out of a team that hasn't won for 50 years, they haven't won it since the 70s, and they finally the Knicks fans have something to cheer for, and you're going to throw 
You're going to throw the one superstar. Finally, the Knicks have a player that they can cheer for. A guy that, and I'm going to say Carmelo Anthony was something to cheer for, but Carmelo Anthony, as much as he wanted to be here, the Knicks had to give away their team to bring Carmelo here. The This guy wanted to be here. This guy took less money to sign with the New York Knicks because of, of, of growing up a New York Knicks fan, growing up on Madison Square Garden because his father played for the Knicks. And, and he's actually here and putting up the numbers he has and all the crap that they said how he was going to suck. How many analysts we've had on this show say that he was going to suck, that he's a bust, he, he stinks, he's overpaid, and he's putting up the numbers he has, and now everybody's screaming MVP. It, it is despicable that people are throwing this guy under the bus. And I think it's just, to me... If anything, it's pushing him to be even better. I, I just, I honestly, guys, I, I don't want to hear anybody speak about this kid. This kid deserves a lot of credit. A lot of credit what he's done for this team, this organization already. He's put this team on the map again. And for anybody to throw this guy under the bus, it's absolutely despicable. All right? I don't want to hear from Kenny Smith. Um, I don't want to hear from the Jet. I don't want to hear from Charles Barkley. I don't want to hear from Shaquille O'Neal. I don't want to hear from Stephen A. Smith. I don't want to hear from any of these guys. I just want everybody to understand, and all the Knicks fans, to cherish what we have right now for what Leon Rose has built with World Wide West and, and all these different executives. We finally have good executives. We finally have good players. We finally have superstar players that want to play here. For what reason? Jalen Bronson. That's all I'm going to say about that. Mic drop. Mic drop, ladies and gentlemen. Speedy, could you do the mic drop? Uh, your mics are too uh, too attached right now. I think I'll pass. Are you attached to the mic? I don't need to mic? break anything. Have you ever kissed the mic? Have I ever kissed the mic? Have you ever kissed the mic? No. Have you ever kissed a mic? Not on purpose. Uh, but have you ever kissed one? I don't know. Have you? D- d- yes or no? Have you ever? I have no one? idea. I mean, I uh, might have done it by accident. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I figured you you like kissing mics, you know. I, I figured. I mean, An accidental thing is a love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many mics have you kissed? I don't know because I don't track it. <laughs> Don't we love Speedy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You're funny. You really are. We love you. We do. I love you. Do you love me? Yes. No, you don't. You hate me. (laughs) You probably, oh, my God. Don't don't, don't do this to me tonight. (laughs) Anyways, thank you to to our very special guest. Thank you to U.S. Army Green Beret actor and former Seahawks long snapper Nate Boyer. He was fantastic. First time on the show. And thank you uh, again to uh, former Chiefs all-pro fullbacker Christian, the Nigerian nightmare, Okoye, for joining us. I know he had a lot of fun. So thank you to Christian. Uh, Thank you to all the fans. I I mean, seriously, all the downloads. I think we 73,000 downloads or something of that magnitude over almost four months uh thank you to all the fans out there that tune in to us and listen to us and support everything all the algorithms out there that uh love us uh we really appreciate you guys thank you thank you thank you keep following us keep listening to us uh we do appreciate everybody tuning in every single wednesdays and thursdays thank you to you fish you are fantastic uh ever since you joined us uh, you, you add so much to what we do here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are fantastic, and 
giving us content and all the stuff that you do. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Uh, you're welcome, man. The pleasure is all mine. It's been a, uh, something I've always wanted to do and just glad to be here. Absolutely. Great time, dude. Let's just keep it rolling and uh, just help, uh, everybody spread the word. Spread the word. I mean, strap them, Speedy, right? Strap them. the opposite of spreading. <laughs> she likes. Uh, what's your favorite spread on your bread? My favorite spread. Yeah, do you like to spread? You, you, what, do you, what do you like to spread on your bread? Um, depends on what what type of sandwich it is. Okay, of what, kind of, what, uh, what, what do you like? You like the thick sandwiches? You like? I like yeah, heroes. You like the heroes, thick ones? Yeah. yeah, I figured you do. Okay, and uh, or grinders if people want to call it in other. Oh, parts you like grinder? You like grinder? No, I'm just I'm I'm judging for the stereotypes of what people like to call those types of. So sandwiches. you like grinding? It's you nothing do. to do with me. But you like grinding? It's nothing to do with but me. You do like grinder it. is a noun. Oh, I'm, I grammar know. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so you like to spread uh, okay so what do you like to spread on your your bread or your again it depends on the type of sandwich okay what, what kind of sandwich give me an example do you what do you like you like bologna no not really uh you like ham yes okay what kind of ham do you like um i like spicier hams i like also like the, uh, the honey ham the maple one yeah. uh, it's pretty good mm. how much ham do you like on your piece of bread depends on how hungry i am uh. I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'm pretty hungry right now. How much ham should I put on my bread? I, however many you want. Don't let me influence you. <laughs> I love this kid. He's great. <laughs> you like mayo on your, your sandwich? Yeah, sometimes. What, what do you like? You like mustard or mayo? No, not mustard. No, you don't like mustard. Too bitter. He doesn't like the bitter taste. I, I do like the bitter taste. Even though I don't like mustard, I like the bitterness. I, I do. I, I'm not a, you know, even with the sausage, I don't like the dark, spicy ones. I, I do like the, I like it cut and, you know, and, and, and very, you know, flat, okay? I like the, the flat sausage. All right. I mean, you don't like it flat. You like it thick. It's a texture thing. I, I mean, but you like it thick. I don't care about right. the texture as much. Just saying, you like a thick sausage. If right? I'm hungry enough, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you do. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm hungry right now. Are you hungry? A little bit. Okay. Anyway, Speedy, uh, are you feeling good? Are you happy? I don't know. <laughs> you, you don't know. You know, just, you know I, I just asked you what kind of spread you like. You know? I, I'm just trying to help you here. Okay. I mean, I, I want to know. got some answers. Uh, you, you like pickles on your, your spread? Uh, sometimes. Yeah, you, how big do you like your pickles? Do you like Again, the ones? Uh, no, it doesn't have to overpower the okay, sandwich. Okay. But... So, do you like the tangy ones or you like the... You know, the bland ones. Tangy. Oh, yeah. I, pickle, I figured tangy. you like tangy. tangy. Yeah, you want stronger flavor. Yeah, definitely. Very good flavor. We need flavor on it. Anyways, uh, yeah, thank you to the flavorous uh, man himself, uh, Speedy Petey, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is great. Anyways, uh, I would like to applaud uh, all the great uh, content that we throw out there for all the fans. Keep listening to us. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday. Uh, listen to our, our show, The Weekend Crunch. Do we have a pregame show? No. So we will be on at 7 o'clock, Weekend Crunch, on Saturday nights. So tune in on 103.9 FM. If you don't live on Long Island, all you have to do to tune in and listen to the show, uh, you can go to uh, 103.9 FM. Uh, they have a website. Or you can go to iHeartRadio, 103.9 LI News Radio. You can hear us at 7 p.m. 
on the FM dial. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you to uh, Christian Okoye. Thank you to Nate Boyer. Who do we have on next week, Speed? So at 9 o'clock, returning to the show on, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. On Wednesday, yes, former former Angels, Nationals, and Rays second baseman Danny Espinosa will be coming oh. back on oh, at 9 o'clock. And then at 9.30 for the first time on this show, he is a defensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys. Still on the roster, Tyrone Crawford will be joining us. Oh, tie baby. Tie baby. Maybe we should get the beeve online. Maybe. I mean, I, I want Ty to tell me how good Dak Prescott yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until until the beef starts venting about Dak, and then we'll have to throw him off. Yeah, well. Ty Rose, I kind of want to hear that. Yeah, I figured. But, uh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll have Ty on the show as well. So, and, and uh, we have anything set up on Thursday? Uh, Thursday, uh, yes. We just uh, re- returning to the show at 9 o'clock as well. Uh, he just confirmed it a couple hours ago. Uh, Martin Chase, defensive tackle. He played for multiple different teams. He was on during the summer as well. You were talking some Hall of Fame with him at the time. Yes, I was. He was. Uh, he'll be back. Yeah on the show. Former Giants, Ravens, uh, Commanders, and a couple other teams defensive tackle. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. So we're looking forward to next week. We'll probably have another guest. So uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to all the fans once again and keep listening to us. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Good night. You're, you're, You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.